previously on Martini Giant. It's bad enough that people flip cars and uh, throw punches after after basketball games. We don't need to start doing it after fucking Anthony Bourdain documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Idiotic. Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 74, featuring one of the greatest films in American history, well, at least in the 70s, Saturday Night Fever from 1977, directed by John Badham, followed by its sequel, arguably one of the worst sequels that you could ever imagine to a film like this, Staying Alive from 1983, directed by Sylvester Stallone. Now, we talk a great deal about why the sequel is not quite as good as the first one. We also talk, obviously, why the first one is so good. So it gets really heated and gets really interesting. I really like this. Saturday Night Fever is arguably one of my favorite films. It's absolutely amazing. If you haven't seen this film and you think you know what it's about, it is not what you think it's about. You should watch Saturday Night Fever and you will be blown away, honestly. Anyway, uh, on to a few uh, announcements. As you guys know, we do our recordings on Twitch. So if you'd like to follow us on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And when you do that, you'll be able to be part of the conversation when we're actually recording these things. And it's a lot of fun to have you guys on. So this Saturday, September 4th at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you'll have to make the adjustments in the time zones for your area. We will be doing another one of our time traveler films. Yes, really exciting. La Jotée followed by uh, its remake called 12 Monkeys, followed by another film that is very similar called Looper, followed by La Jetée. I'm I'm just kidding. It's just La Jetée, 12 Monkeys, and Looper. Uh, Really good films. Love this combination. Very excited to talk about it. Please join us September 4th at 3 p.m. on Twitch. Again, that's twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Also remind you that we have a lot of stuff up on our site, so just go to martinigiant.com for all the cool stuff that we've put up there, including our Threadless store where you can get all kinds of merch. And actually, people have been buying a lot of our cool merch. Eric is pretty prolific with the stuff that he's put up on Threadless. So uh, go ahead and take a look and enjoy, enjoy what we have to offer. All right. But for now, you can enjoy episode number 74, Saturday Night Fever and Staying Alive. I I'm like the, the tactile nature of it. It's got kind of like a rubbery, grippy feel to it. It's magnesium and carbon fiber. Good God. Isn't magnesium? No, that's something else. I'm thinking like plutonium. <laughs> Are we traveling through plutonium, Max? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I, even though I watched Stay Alive. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a that was hard to do. No, it wasn't. Oh, I'm now I'm staying okay. alive. We're not gonna. We don't want to jump the gun on these well, movies. Let's talk about the movies that we will be watching. Bad enough yeah. to make it worth watching. First, first Look, half, guys. Is, I'm, I have a long conversation on this. Oh, no, we just lost Dan again. Did, oh my god! Did we lose well, Dan? No, a, he's still on. I see him. Yeah, I don't right. hear him. What is going? Uh, oh, no, there you are. You're back. You're back. All Something right. happened. All right, there we am. Okay, uh, let me know if I if I drop out. I think he might have just dropped out on my side. I don't know what's going on. I hear a little bit of an echo someplace. Yep. Yeah. Let me check. Okay. Is that me? Maybe. No. no. Okay, it's gone. Okay. All right. Yeah. So today we are doing uh, the the uh, the classic duology. Saturday duology. night Fever and 
and the sequel staying alive six years later. Right. So this is uh, I'm I'm excited to talk about this because there is rarely such a drop in quality that it turns into uh <laughs> turns into what this turned into. <laughs> well, it's like they missed the point of the movie of the first one. It's it's truly truly wild. But so like before we, but, we there was, get... but but there was also a huge changes between those two times where yes, the music I... quality dropped drastically as well. <laughs> uh, yes. So uh so that's what we're going to be doing. We're only just starting the stream right now so we don't want to jump the gun I suppose. Um we can get back yeah. into the chit chat, but like that is the if if people in the uh if people in the chat have not seen Stan alive, I would say just in the background while we talk Play the best of Stan Alive on YouTube. Just like go and Google that and see if you can get a, comp a, comp a compilation video of just the visuals playing while we talk because that is yes. really where the movie's at. Like the last 20 minutes, especially, there is there are a few films like it. Yeah, it's especially really the, 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 the musical parties, which you're referring it's, to. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the... I, I'm surprised no one in the audience stood up and said, What the fuck are you guys cheering for? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? What is happening? Am I done crazy pills or something? <laughs> that is a crazy pills film. But let's, I think we should return yeah, briefly I, to. Can you hear me? Yeah, hit mm -hmm. it. Hit it. Yeah, I, I watched uh, Staying Alive first and then I went back to Saturday Night Fever. Right. And I actually was not as dismissive about Staying Alive because I had, I took a lot of factors into consideration, but we could talk <laughs> yeah. about during the show. Okay. Love it. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. I think we should briefly return to the the, the our traditional format of how's things going for you, <laughs> <laughs> and then get. Into, I'm not even prepared to get into stand alive yet. I'm like I'm. I have to warm myself up to that one because that oh. is, that's like that. I feel like I have uh, such a, uh, a, a a story of trauma to relate. <laughs> yep. And I really have to sort of get myself centered before I get, find a safe space before we really find a. Uh, and Redbeard watched fun. both films, which is I get you know thank you so much red beer nice good god yes yeah, that is beyond the pale man you don't have to do that we'll take care we'll take those hits for you yeah <laughs> indeed that is true that is true but yeah so this is the uh uh like there there is a let's let's say this the if we're going to start with um uh saturday night fever mm -hmm. i think that most people now think of saturday night fever the way Stan Alive actually is. It's exactly what I was going to say. Right? And yeah. Saturday Night Fever is a really fucking good movie. It's like, a great it's movie. A great but, movie. But I think people miss the point of Saturday Night Fever, and it's often been a parody, and yes. they think it's only about the dancing. Well, it's associated right. with the music, but they don't associate yeah. it as a class structure film or yes. really right. a gritty coming-of-age story. Right. And right. Uh, they don't. And it's it's about class and it's about uh, the structure and Absolutely. people doomed to what they were born to be in yes. and trying yep. to escape. And yeah, um, trying to get out. It's trying exactly. to get out. And, and, I, being, and being trapped as well. Yep. Yeah. And I uh, knew. Sorry. Yeah. And so growing up in the tri-state area, I knew, of course, I grew up differently. But the point is, I, you, you could relate to some of those things because everything is still you're considered bridge and tunnel or there's always a class sure. structure in, a, in New York right. and the tri-state area, Jersey, Connecticut, and New York. Well, especially and, the boroughs, right? Brooklyn, uh, at that time, Brooklyn was not 
the fancy hipster place that it is today. <laughs> no, my grandmother still lived in Brooklyn. She refused to move out. And I remember she lived in, lived in Bed-Stuy. And yeah. I remember I used to drive from Greenwich to drop her off at home right. and I'd pull up with Connecticut plates and like an Izod shirt in Bed-Stuy in circa 1985, guys. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, that's tempting fate. Like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never heard, at least because my, you know, my experience in New York is largely through movies. Like Bed-Stuy is like the most perfectly named place I've ever heard in my life. Like, it's Bedford-Stuyvesant, like, Bedford yeah, but yeah, you Bedford just say Bed-Stuy. Bed-Stuy sounds like, you know, bed, like it has like a... Style, like a like a style you might get in your eye as bed stain. yeah it's basically <laughs> it's sounds like it yeah, sounds like, like an infection Jesus. you get from a yeah, dirty bed sheet ter- ter- <laughs> terrible thing bed yeah. style. but yeah but yeah like i have my um my my the last time i was in new york was some 20 years ago and it was much different already by that point than is represented in saturday night fever in 19 the 1970s in new york especially were a grand disaster like that was like it was like the city was bankrupt yeah. You know, like the the uh, most of you know, buildings just completely, like, literally collapsing. Everything was just a hideous mess. And if uh, you get a sketch, I think that if you sort of bracket this time uh, between, say, French Connection and Saturday Night Fever, really gives you an idea of, you know, the 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 kind of setting that Saturday Night Fever is really trying to talk about. You know, like it's a really economically broken. Uh, 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 class segregated uh, system, uh, and it's a, it's an incredibly depressing area, like incredibly, yeah. incredibly depressing. And it really was. It, it it started out as a article in I think New York Magazine, right? And that's basically uh, basically people who spend their money and save and go out and dance um, to show that there's something someone and um that's the, the article was uh, the tribal rights of the uh, tribal right. rights of the new saturday night right that's right yeah. and so it's really i felt like the first one sorry fever really covers that when you watch that again but i gotta be honest watching both films i was like jaw drop because you take it's been a while yeah. since i've seen them and i was like i was like astounded on like what a great american actor john travolta is oh my god he is, oh, he's you know, so he is, good he is terrific in, in both Saturday of them Night he's like 20 yeah, he's something and he's, he is, just he's like, really committed in both like absolutely i totally the totally the the, the other actors especially the the female leads in staying alive were like so bad yeah it's, it's almost like the producer's oh. girlfriend it, yeah, it's, like it is, is it they're is always true. producer's girlfriend or it's my niece sharon use the, her the, What's really like, there's like, I, I agree with you. Like it's almost, it's, it's important to how much I love Saturday Night Fever to consider Stan Alive because Stan Alive actually makes Saturday Night Fever even better. Like, and not yes. just, not, like, not just by stark comparison of quality. Well, it makes you realize what all the good parts of Saturday Night Fever are and that, that yeah. oh, like, you right. missed the whole point. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and, and the missing of the point is actually part of like what I take away from uh stand alive isn't just like this isn't just a bad movie this is a spectacular disaster bad movie like first half is very boring and then the second half is so uh like it's it's actually like tr- like hugely produced like it's like 
like the editing, the photography, like the amount of money they're spending, like the commitment to the vision of the movie is total by Sylvester Stallone, who directed this movie, right? And uh, and the difference between what that movie is saying versus what Saturday Night Fever is saying is the difference between uh, something like, I don't know, oh, God, I can't even think of a good comparison, but it's like, uh, say like, um, ah, it's the, it is the, it is the difference between, um, what's the Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich film about, uh, uh, the lonely te Texas town last picture show. Yeah. Uh, it's the difference between last picture show and a Tony Robbins success video. Like it is two totally different visions of reality. And, okay. uh, and so the, like staying alive is, is such a. Uh, it's actually, I found it very enjoyable in that everything, like they're so committed to it. The statement is so, so narcissistic. It's like nothing I've ever yes, seen. But the in thing, my that's life. the thing about it. It to me was so, I mean, think about it there. At that time, it was probably Stallone who did the one where he's on the tram on the 59th street mm -hmm. by, a, by a serendipity right. restaurant that like, um, the, what was that called? Nighthawks. Oh yeah, Nighthawk, which I love. Yeah, Billy Dee Williams. Uh, yeah, yeah, great. yeah. Great. but Rucker the thing, Howard. Rucker Howard. But the thing yeah. is, for me, it was such a ego Stallone ego trip. Like no oh, yeah. one could talk 100%. him out of anything. And he, I felt like he thought. I really felt like he was trying to compete with all that jazz. Yeah, as sure. well as give his own. Th uh, you know, it's drenched in music, and it's Survivor. I think it's those guys that also did Eye of the Tiger. So he wanted to control that. And, but through it all, oh, I still. Oh, but you saw that all the music was produced by his brother or something. It's, it's actually Frank Stallone music. And Frank Stallone is saying, but it's, it's very easily mixed up with Survivor because I, I, I thought that Eye of the Tiger was Frank Stallone for a long time. And that's his brother, Survivor. right? Yes, that's, that's Stallone. I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah. You want to hear a funny story? Because Nancy came in the room and one of the characters in it at, like, at, the, at the place was Frank Stallone. Uh -huh, right. Yes, and he was. He yeah. was in the band he's on, or something. He's on stage. Yeah. He's That's the, he's right. Star, and so. I literally was like, oh, God, there's Frank. Frank, Nancy, as you know, uh, uh, Chris, that, you know, she and she had a business partner, Salee. Yes. And they, they own two coffee shops. Well, Salee now lives close by, but she li lived in a condo by the Mormon church uh, by Little Santa Monica past Century City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a condo there. Her neighbor was Frank. So Frank was, he soundproofed it because he was always doing his music. And I met him before. <laughs> that, and so it was so funny because Frank would be like, have a cocktail party. He'd walk through the condo area and bang on the door and go, boom, boom, boom. I'm having a party tonight at eight. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, I'm having a party. That was his invitation. <laughs> like, right. But right. she got along with him. But he basically, I thought it was Survivor, but I did see Frank. Yeah. And uh, basically, it's easy to mix it up. Yeah, same, yes. same it's easy to mix it up. And yeah. I, for me, it was really he was competing Stallone with all that jazz, trying yeah, to do totally those agree. big theatrical things. Well, it I was, think that like we're essentially saying the same thing because like the like Stallone came from like Stallone lived the life of Tony. Uh, of Tony, like one hundred percent lived the life of Tony, right? And then Stallone became a mega hit via Rocky, which is a similar kind of story. Right. Yes. Uh, and because both Travolta and Stallone, 
like went through the process of actually like they get up and out like Tony does or like 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 Tony does between these two movies, right? And they become exactly like uh, Tony and Stan alive. And so what they're trying to say, they're trying to like make an argument for. I mean, like Stan alive. Like right out loud in dialogue, not only not just in dialogue, but in the songs themselves, makes an argument for selfish narcissism. Like that's what it's like. That's what it's saying all the time. It's just like I mean, like basically, Tony's mother. There's a scene with Tony's mother where she's just like, "Yeah, I know you're a fucking total asshole in the last movie, and you pushed everybody around, but whatever. Sometimes you gotta be that way if you're gonna be a superstar." And that's the positive thing they're trying to get. That's across. the message. Like, right. The message is be a giant dick. <laughs> like that's how you're going. That's to how win. you get out of the city. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and, but like, it was a total ego. Absolutely. It, it absolutely. was so pathetic. But at like, the same time, great, it was, yeah. it was so, I still feel like Travolta in that film was awesome. Oh yeah. No, he's in, he in, 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 in the other one. one. In, yeah. No, in both. Like he is utterly committed to what he's doing. He is very committed. The, the, yes. He's got. He doesn't have great direction, and no, it's, right. Yeah, I, I think actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I actually think that it's a pretty well directed movie. Like if I, if it, I it's not bad. I'll be it's, honest. It's with not you. bad. It actually looks really good. I like the, it has that. It has a, a just, kind, It has the sort of um. There's that style of eighties photography that's sort of like uh in like a, what's what's uh like fame. Alan uh, who directed fame? Alan, oh right. Well, it does have yeah. fame in it. it well, this is around like the that. time. Well, it's sort it's fame and uh and uh, splash dance. Or no, flash, flash dance, dance yeah. Flat, uh, splash dance. <laughs> splash and flash dance, my ultimate movie. Red the, Deer uh, also said, by the way, he would immediately, he says, uh, it's an amazing point, and that was the 80s reaction to the 70s. And yes, I was like, that's, excellent. That's Red a Deer. very good Absolutely point. Absolutely true. Excellent. Yeah. I, that is totally true. Because like the, the, like the 70s is like, because like the 70s in the 80s was so frowned upon. I, I remember this distinctly. Yeah. Like, disco is trash. You know, we had like, we yeah. got to fun all this shit immediately. And now people look back, I mean, like people, like, like, my, like every like young people, like younger people love the fucking <laughs> BGs. I'm just like I yeah. remember for 20 straight years the BGs were a joke. Well, also you know? 80s, no. 80s. Everyone, what everyone thinks is 80s music was was underground alternative music, oh, yeah. right? Like, yeah, like it was the, the, because yeah. the actual the 80s music, music and all that shit that wasn't what was being played. Like you no, right? yeah, it was yeah. definitely not the Cure that was being it was played. Frank <laughs> it was Frank Stallone. <laughs> I actually feel like because super Robert, cheesy because yeah. Robert Stigwood was associated with it. It is yes, a Robert Stewart yeah. <laughs> film mm -hmm. because RSO was his label, which was Clapton and the Bee Gees. Right. He was the big manager for the Bee Gees. He made him a ton of money. Mm -hmm. I really feel like they the only their music in it is very slim. It's mm -hmm. because I think my personal feeling is like maybe because he was bringing his brother in, they're like, we don't want to be associated with this ego trip. Because yeah. nothing is too prominent, and then they just reuse it. Well, the end yeah, they had they had a couple songs by the Bee Gees. They had more than but they were in the credits. In the credits at the beginning, it says music by the Bee Gees. Like it was one of the first. Credits no, that's that contractually out. because it's yeah. Robert Stigwood you know, right. produced it. But the thing right. is, my feeling is at that time, if we just look at the scope, there for me, I was a huge Bee Gees fan. I, I thought that, the yeah, the greatest songwriters from the 60s on. Yeah. Think about that time period. In that time period, Barry Gibb was writing Islands in the Stream. He was yep. writing all these great songs. None of those were in those films. Great. 
right? They just gave right. throwaway B-level films because it was probably Stallone being a D-bag saying my right. family's in it. His father, like, I think, sent it. I mean, think about it. this. They didn't, they didn't play Nights on Broadway in that film, which was right. all about Broadway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, like, what the hell? <laughs> Good God. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, this is the thing. It's like, I, I, it's I actually, one of their greatest I, songs. <laughs> I, I, I really like Stallone. I like Stallone. I like his movies. I do. I thought. I thought. I, really I thought Rocky didn't. Didn't he direct yeah. Rocky as well? Uh, yeah. He more. He like he wrote Rocky. He and, wrote Rocky. Uh, it was John Alvinson directed all Rocky. But like okay. he's obviously a massive creative force. He's very talented. And it's like, and he's a like he's a he's a really interesting person because like you see, uh, and Dave Three guy will back me up on this. Like you see Stallone talk about like his philosophy of making things and artistic responsibility and all that stuff. Now, like he's like he's a really interesting person who yes, goes through a lot of stuff and i really I, like i really like that guy i, I, I do like, like him a lot too but i think that like i bet he would agree that like in this particular moment like it took so much um uh focused personal energy to get up and out of his situation right and end up where he was it was disorienting right and so like the the what the movie like the movie isn't when i say like oh be a dick is the advice like the movie isn't really saying be a dick it's just like the movie because the movie doesn't see anything bad or damaging about literally disregarding absolutely everyone and everything in the world in order to have you be in the spotlight like that's the argument of staying alive to the point where like the ending the ending sequence of staying alive the entire like the uh satan's alley the show that he's in like he becomes the star of satan's alley right the woman that he's dancing with is basically symbolic of all the shit that that he has to put up with in order to get that far and he has to the movie is basically framing it that he has to defeat her on stage right as if they're not partners in a show that everyone's putting on together and then he totally throws the fucking show away and does his own thing and it's just like shaking his shoulders on the front of the stage everyone's like totally flipping out and you're like if I paid to see that show, this would not be a good experience. <laughs> like it's so completely unconscious of its it, own. I, uh, uh, we should okay. First of all, before we get too much into that show, because I think you have to build up yes, to true. why that's so I, terrible. Yeah, yeah. I know we, you're, you pulled on Eric, and you went all the way to the end. I had to. What? I had to say, it's all like, well, <laughs> so disingenuous. I don't know you. <laughs> All right. First, first quick question on chat. Everyone who's listening and, uh, you know, you can uh, vote in or whatever. I don't care. Uh, tell us if you have seen if you have seen these movies before uh, or recently and uh, let us know which films you've seen or haven't seen. If you haven't seen them, I think we should go through the the story and the narrative of this because yes. there's so yes. many amazing, especially uh, like I said, this is uh, Saturday Night Fever is actually one of my favorite films. And I didn't know that until I finally, finally saw it like for for real as as you know as a teenager right because i right. didn't get it until right. then and i was like oh my god this movie is yeah, brilliant. It's a brilliant movie it's a brilliant movie and and like uh, and this is um uh let's see uh uh, uh what's his name uh john batham yeah. uh directed it and john batham uh directed actually one of my favorite movies war games which is a tr- is, is a terrific kid. Didn't movie. he do the helicopter movie with what's his name? He also did Blue, Blue Thunder. Thunder. Yep. He did and Blue Thunder. He did Blue Thunder. Um, and uh, yeah, he did War Games, uh, uh, Nick of Time, not very good but very fun. Saturday Night Fever, Short Circuit, which is 
pretty Oof. racist and uncomfortable. Uh, but, but like, it was, the times. It, it was the times. It was the times. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, but like, this dude had like he went on to direct like pretty good mainstream movies. But Saturday Night Fever is like the is the closest he came to making something that's like yeah, it's a classic. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's or um. It's a, it's a what's what's the word I'm looking for like a like a a treasure or a, a, what's the word I'm looking for something that should be revered as one of the great American films. It really yes. is. It's it's definitely one of the great films of the seventies. Like yeah. I mean, yes. it's, it's in the and like there's a lot of great films in the seventies. This is probably in the top twenty, fifty, yeah. maybe, uh, which is really high, you know. And it's like this is a uh, it's such an incredible sketch of a moment in time in a certain place of a of a character and his friends and family that is not a positive sketch you know right. this is this is not a this is not like a cheering story but it's not like goodwill hunting which i love but like it isn't goodwill hunting like this is a this is a fucking downer this movie is a downer it is it is and it isn't to me there's some there's so many gems in it mm-hmm. and character uh, revelations of 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 beautiful characters in there very depressing in a lot of ways like you said there's downers but there's something absolutely beautiful about travolta and absolutely flawed as well and yeah. in yeah. his well, character in his character but that flaw by the way you see in the second one and that's why i like the second one yeah he's, he's yeah, still yeah. the strong-headed idiot yes like he'll never change totally and he, totally he'll screw it around even if yeah. it's he's immature and childish because he's he wants what he wants yeah and yeah. um he doesn't think about he thinks he deserves to be you know take it to the next level across the bridge yeah. to Manhattan, whereas and, the other girl works for it. Right. Right. And like, cause like in the first, in the first movie, you're really exploring like the trap, right? Like this is the, like what he's really up against both externally and internally is mm. radical because like the kind of person he is because of the environment he grows up in is like, is ta- is incredibly flawed. And like, there's like, and I think you're right, Chris. So it's like, they bring up, like they do a lot of this in a really sort of like, not quite comic comic way, but there's like there's some really funny bits, like when uh like the dad hits him, so the mom hits the dad, and the, like yeah. the, like all around where you're like that's a funny little scene, but it's actually saying something really fucking sad, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh and it's that it it adds up all these little notes add up, uh so you're like you feel the weight of what is happening to him and like why you know, dancing is so fucking important to him, uh, uh, becomes really clear by the end of the movie. Uh, right. And being able to like, and what I, what I really responded to is like when he, uh, like, it, how can I say it? Like he tries to maintain a sense of uh, real value uh, at, towards what he is doing, even in the face of everyone telling him not to do that. Uh, and so like he, like it really, it makes him likable in a really, well, not everyone's telling him not to do that. Well, like, like I, without like, so if we go through the, the, the basic stories, like this kid, you know, well, it goes to the, okay. So, so the first thing, I mean, it starts off with the Bee Gees music and it starts off with him dressed up in, you know, tight clothes, Mm -hmm. very seventies clothes, holding a can of paint yeah, and strutting down the street. Right. With the unbelievable amount of confidence that I've, you know, that can be seen. Uh, uh, so uh, 
it was yeah, just it's, absolutely it's the amazing. combination of like it's like he's dressing to the nines and he's like he's like strutting down the street to the music and carrying a can of paint because he works at a shitty job like right. that's an opening image man like that's it like, is you'll that, first, well that you don't know that he's but he's working at a shitty job. he's just like why is he carrying a can of paint and right. despite him carrying a can of paint he's hitting on all the hot chicks coming down yeah right yeah. And he is like and, and if you think about also failing, but he's enjoying it. He's having yes. a good time. He doesn't care that he's right. getting well, yeah, and shot I point down. Out failing not because he's an asshole. I pointed out because like he is he like he is uh, in his element and he is in love with this moment. Like that's where right. he is in the beginning of the movie. And like he's just going to give it a shot. Hey, man, this like I'll give, give this Can a shot. You also look at how in this movie, at least in the first one, the the visual cues that the director gives you, like he lines up his foot in the window against another shoe. Everything is so visual. It tells you yeah. everything yeah. about him. And I feel like some of the ADR was like, Hey, Tony, you know, like you're a good guy. You don't even right. need that. It's just no, like yeah, everything you want to know about him as a human being. Yep. He's right there. Right. Well, in fact, like just to, just to throw in one of my favorite shots in seven seventies film is in this movie. And it so wraps up. Uh, what the movie's trying to say is following him and um, and the girl that he's uh, uh, have, like, first date with the girl walking to have lunch to and the coffee shop to the coffee shop. The coffee shop. The no, 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 no. The coffee shop scene is is one of my it's favorite really films of all. It's movies. it's so it's so great and and like it wraps it up in like without even, getting, without even getting into what the scene's about. You know, you, which you are totally welcome to dive into right after this. It's like no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go through just, this chronologically. Just, <laughs> just the shot of walking, watching them walk from uh, walk down the street yeah. and follow them into the shot into a two that the entire shot is a reflection of the city with them yes. slightly visible behind it. I was like, that's the, that is the whole movie in a shot. Yeah. Like it's by just the way, the movie. I, by the way, like watching this again, I got to tell you how much, uh, PT Anderson took from this for boogie nights. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. He said, yeah. I mean, the, the, the dancing scene in boogie nights was like a freaking, so but right out the posters the in the room yep. and like all the way he looks in the mirror yep. at himself. And yep. in the way the the, the Dirk Diggler looked in the mirror, it's like yep. Same. Yep, one hundred percent the same. The parent Absolutely. relationships, arguing with the parents. Well, the thing that I thought was amazing about Travolta, and I know, I know, I know, he's definitely specifically very narcissistic, right? In a lot of ways, right? <laughs> to an to an extreme, clinically bad way. It seems but, like it might be true. I don't know. In real life, but no, 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 no. The char the character is. Oh, no, uh, totally, no. yeah. Right, yeah. but at the same time, this. Fight all the horrible things that are happening around him, and there are a shit ton of horrible things happening like, around him. Bad, bad <laughs> like, things. Really bad. He seems to have like this very optimistic view on life, and right. very and like happiness. You know, like he goes into that shop. This again, since the opening scene, he sees a shirt that he wants to buy that he doesn't have enough money to afford. He's nineteen years old, by the way. That's another thing right. that's supposed to be there, and he's asking to put the shirt on layaway, <laughs> right? Right. And the guy says, yeah, exactly. no, he doesn't. But yeah, he puts like five dollars down and it says, keep it on, uh, you know, and, and the guy says, and the guy says, uh, well, I need I need hold, wait for your receipt. It's like, I trust you, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And the guy's like, goes, don't, don't trust, trust me. me. <laughs> exactly. God damn it. Yeah, and he's just like, he's just so yeah. he's so excited about the shirt and he's got to get the paint back, you know. Right. 
Yeah. And, and eat two like, slices of pizza, which is also the maze. Yeah. Two slices of pizza. I want to edit that together with Blade Runner. Two, two, four. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like it's That's the it, same thing. Yeah. It's the same. <laughs> like the, but like, yeah, you're right. He was like, he's in a state of joy uh, at the beginning of the movie about uh, everything in his life. He knows, right. he knows it's about, it's going to be, it's Friday night. Right. And Friday night or Saturday night or whatever it is. And right. he's about to go out. And that's what he does. So yeah, like he's he's in this sort of classic. So like everything, every like there's obvious trouble and obvious stress, stress in the family. The dad's out of work. Like there's all sorts of bad shit going down all around him. But he has this internal glow that right. everyone loves him for. Right? He's the only one bringing money into the family, and he works right. in a paint shop. Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the way, I have to say one of my favorite lines of all time is just like, "Yeah, I even got a raise today." And he's like, "Yeah, what raise do you get?" And he's like, four bucks." And it's like, four bucks. Four bucks can't buy anything these days. You know what? Four bucks like four bucks can't even buy three bucks these days." That's <laughs> like, incredible. But yeah, so like the, yeah. the if four like the one thing we know about him it's more is than that, his dad's making. <laughs> exactly more than his dad's making. His dad's out of work, and his brother, who is a priest, the family looks up to the brother. Like the family, yeah, he's yeah, because he, because they all look at him and say you're a loser, whatever, you know. But he's the only one bringing in money, right? Right. And right. and so that's that's the, the, the parents the, are always like, oh, the brother, the brother, the brother, the brother. Right? Yeah, they, have they the love the brother. Of the brother in the house. That he's like he's he's a priest and it's wonderful. And now that's why we we love the brother and it's amazing. Yeah, and, he's and, and he's amazing. And, right. And, and meanwhile, then, Tony's Tony's an idiot who can't do anything. Right? Well, Tony can't do anything, right? And so then you have this scene exactly like Boogie Nights, where he's getting dressed in this room. And he's doing his hair and putting his shirt up. He is, he is it's all about him uh, looking at himself in the mirror. It really is yeah. about him. Yeah. And evaluating himself and making sure right. that, that everything he has, and this is the thing, his entire power in this movie and everything he does is how he looks, yeah. right? That's yeah. his power. Everyone loves him how he looks. Girls drop their panties the minute they see him. And I mean, yeah, I mean he's that literally. He's, he's, he's like, it's like fantastically yeah. charming. Like girls yep. are coming up and hitting on him like stone cold. I will sleep with you right now. Yeah, and, yeah. And, just when, yeah. Tell me what we can do for me to get right. in bed with you right now. Right. Uh, and, and it's, it's very, it's which is a little uh, uh, odd for sure. Well, uh, like the, the 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 all of this makes sense because the uh, the edges of the film tell you that these people are all in a really crappy situation yes right? yes and so but like, we, but we also realize that very desperate people and, you're and we also start to get a feeling for the neighborhood the neighborhood is right. very run down right very very run down right, right. um and, and anyway well the, the <laughs> we start to realize what an what an asshole his dad is mm-hmm that the scene where he comes in, and he's looking at the picture. What, what's her? What's her name? Fair Fawcett picture. The very famous poster, right? Right. That's and then they zoom in on her on her erect nipples through her, yeah, her he's, swimsuit. He's, he's looking at and because yeah, like, his dad is like staring at Fair Fawcett's breasts in the in the poster, right. which and also like, makes his, it odd. His dad doesn't come across as someone who intends to be a jerk. He's just. He's broken. Like that. He's dude broken, broken, and he's got low self-esteem, and hates and, and himself, hates takes himself and else. takes it out on everyone else. Very similar, by the way. Again, we'll compare to Boogie Nights. Les the mom in Boogie Nights. Yes. Yeah. Right. right. And, and like not as like, and this is no diss to Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is a much more heightened film than Saturday Night Fever is. But like the mom in Boogie Nights is a villain. Like who right. you barely see any kind of rounding of the character. Like she is just purely hateful. Um, and she's not deep to too. It's a, almost key. That's the one thing I don't about, like about Boogie Nights is I feel like the parent dynamic 
was so uh, two dimensional. Yeah, like she, she is almost. It just helped move the story along so he can right. go and. and Whereas, like, the, yeah, but Tony, Tony's parents are not cartoons. Like, even the dad is like, there's a likable side to him. He cares about his son. And, like, there's like, you can see it. It's just that he keeps on pushing too far and fucking up or like being suddenly mean and selfish you know like so like you feel like this is these are real people who are making actual mistakes as opposed to just like the dad's a bad guy you know that kind of stuff and right. i think that like the i think the the brilliance of the point of view of the movie uh, as you're saying is like that because we're seeing this through the glow of tony like we don't even think tony's an asshole for looking like being like just checking himself out in the mirror. Like no. you just feel like no. this dude is happy with himself in a totally shit world. Right. Like and this guy. Well, has, his narcissism has, has been his escape from reality. Right. 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 <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and in fact, like it is the, the movie, like where the movie goes with this is really powerful to me because like, he's so you know, like any other movie, like someone this self-regarding would be like, you'd be like, fucking tool can't stop looking in the mirror would you, know, you say stuff. that he really travolta's character he's like the first millennial <laughs> that's an interesting way to put it's it. an interesting way of putting it <laughs> i would say no because he's treated shittily by his parents as opposed to spoiled rotten by his parents <laughs> that may be true <laughs> it's a, yeah, we, we don't know i have i have other thoughts on this that i'm not i'm not i'm not negative yeah. on his that parents role, like, hit yeah, him they, literally yeah. hit him and yeah, tell like him he's a piece of trash a, exactly it is, <laughs> it's it not a, really hitting it's italian family hitting hey, right. I, i'd say it's like hey yeah like i don't I don't think it's an acceptable way to parent, for instance. No. I could say that. Like, I think that's but it's a joke because he hits her yeah. and the fact that it's played as a joke is how the movie works. Like it's saying like, right. this is completely normalized and it's kind of funny from like, if you step back away from it, like you can look at this as a, a, a totally broken way of these people loving one another. You know, and so like the movies really the the way it sketches this stuff out. Like, I mean, there's lots of these characters do lots of terrible things in this movie, but because they're so the filmmaking is so responsible, like you mm -hmm. understand what is motivating this, and you can remain empathetic. Right, it. and it's right. it's really radical in how well it handles that, especially towards the end. The mom also, by the way, should note she was the I guess the aunt or the one who owned a deli in Moonstruck. Remember? In Moonstruck, yeah, 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 she's great. She's she's, she's really good. good. She's, she's really good. good. Was that Olympia Dukakis? No. No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, she's been in a million things this one. I no, Olympia Dukakis was the mom in Moonstruck. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh but yeah, like the the he, so his his sense of self is is feels complete in the beginning of the movie. It is also right. very successfully drawing the rest of the situation he's in. But then the key and thing it, that, that very quickly you get a feeling yeah, of this very family. rounded view. Yeah, very and, and rounded. all of his friends and like his relationship. Like he's the center of his friends' lives, and he has sort of a responsibility towards his. Well, friends they're all capitalizing. Kills. They're all capitalizing on him, right? Right. Exactly. They're trying exactly. to get all the scraps of all the babes that are hitting on him. Right. Exactly. And like, like all, and and you see a glimpse of like what like dancing at the 2001 club and like you get like you're like this to them seems like uh like a massive fucking relief from their regular lives right uh and all this gets like there's the the woman who like his friend who loves him clearly like absolutely adores him but he won't give the time of day to you know like all these relationships are set up very quickly but very richly uh yep. which is incredibly rare in a movie and uh, and the one key element that happens that turns turns the tone of the movie is the brother comes back to the house and devastates the family by saying he's leaving 
the church. Yeah. Right. And this represents such a loss of hope. Yeah, because that, that was their only that, that's their only sense of their family doing any good in the world. Right. That's exactly. Right. Right. And it's a, it's well, a it's more than that. It's more than that because he's like he's got a job for life, is what the mother said. Right. There's like, and there's a there's a higher goodness, and not just in like religion or anything like that, but there's like there's an escape that ends in happiness for someone. Is the story they're telling themselves? Like we live in shit, but one of us got up and out and is living with, uh, living in heaven, right? And now he comes back to say, yeah, it's bullshit too. Yeah, like, but it, it, it was, like, the world did, is shit. They did say though, like she said, he's got a job for life. Yeah, exactly. Which and is it's incredibly like, it's all about. Like, it's, it's heaven. That's about yeah. It's like it's less about religion too. It's also he doesn't have to struggle like your father. He's got a job for life. Exactly. That's what I mean. I'm not saying heaven like uh, like right. heaven heaven. I'm saying like heaven is like this is what they imagine perfection is. Yeah. Like, that's why he's a priest is because he is living in heaven. He has a he has a full time job forever. Unlike dad. Who's a fuck up and is never going to work again? Yeah, you know, or unlike Tony, who's a moron who spends all of his money dancing. You know, like the brother got up and out and is living on the on the magical Isle of Avalon, right? And he comes suddenly comes back and it's like, it's it sucks. Everything like that's that's as useless as everything else. Yeah, and the and the family is decimated, right? And Tony tries, like he's just like, well, you know, everything's we'll, we'll work it out. We're we're brothers and it's going to be good. Right. And you can come and you can hang out with me and you can see what the scene's like and you can find the love that I found here. And the brother can't do that either. Like, yeah. and so like the moral track of what is happening for people is guided by the story of the brother and the brother's not like depressed. He's not a dick. He's not treating people poorly or anything like that. No, he's, he's brilliant as well. Yeah. And he's, but he's very a wise ass too. Yeah. And like there's they have a strong relationship, the... all this stuff. But he represents this sense of loss of where the fuck am I going, you know, and and that is the thing that starts Tony like like now he's suddenly in a different mode of like he sees the world around him as it's growing. Yeah, it's like, I, how do I get out of this now? Like, Well, hold on. There were several things that were going on, right? Because mm -hmm. there was there was, uh, uh, you know, he's at the paint shop, right? Right. At the paint shop, the reason he gets the raise at the paint shop is because some guy tries to offer him a job to work as a painter, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And then the, the guy at the hardware yeah. store gives him a raise to try to make sure he stays, right? Right. And so right. he, he takes the, he takes the raise, <laughs> right. uh, which is cool. And he's in fact he's so grateful for the raise, like so grateful. And like you said, it's only four bucks. But he's like, yeah, but it's it's you know, it means so much. I'm so thank you so much, you know. And the guy's like, Jesus Christ, don't you he know, gets four upset. bucks. He's like, he finally, give me more money. It's embarrassing that you're saying thanks, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so and it's it's just kind of brilliant. But then there was I think there was a moment where he talked about a guy who worked at the paint shop yeah. shop for thirty years. Yeah. And then, those guys, it's and then Tony That's and then Tony right. looked at himself like, "Fuck it, oh, I don't want to be working at the paint shop for thirty years." Right. And right. it was something that was like, "Ah, uh, yeah, I got to do something else." And so, what does he love to do? He loves to dance, right? right? He loves to dance. He loves to dance. He loves to dance. And he knows he gets a lot of attention for his dancing, um, and uh, so he wants to take it to the next level. Um, right. And we should talk about some of the side characters that are involved in here that are kind of. Funky. He is clearly with a group of friends. Uh, most of them are idiots, and they're just trying to get his scraps uh, from yeah. from the and girls that are like on it. And the girls are all, all over him. 
yeah, all over. Exactly. And but, like, yeah, but, like, but there's one kid, the, the younger, shorter kid, who kind of gets, uh, you know, uh, bullied around a little bit more. He's like the scrappy kid in the group. He looks and, like the kid from The Sopranos that, or yeah, good does, fellas yeah. that gets shot in the foot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. does. Go fuck, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go, go, yeah. Give me a drink, Spider. Yeah. Spider. Yeah, spider. That's what his name oh, is. Spider. Wild West here. Hey, go fuck yourself, Tony. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you know, what's the world coming to? Bam. That's okay. it. So, you're buying the line. <laughs> what? I never dug a, dug a hole before? <laughs> anyway, that's a different movie. <laughs> different, <laughs> different movie. But uh, but the, the, the kid, you know, he's talking about his girlfriend. And he's like, oh, you know, she's super religious, you know, you know, you know. And this is when the uh, the, um, uh, the priest is with them at the club. And the and this I love this scene. It's such a great scene. And the priest is looking at Tony and Tony's like he wants to show his brother how he dances. Like it's like he's like, you know, take taking them as like, oh, you know, come to see my play or whatever. Like he wants to like, this is what right. I'm good at. And he can't wait to show his brother how good a dancer he is. Right. right. And just, and all he's got to do is get up on the dance floor and start just doing his thing. Right. And right. he does. And then everyone clears the dance floor and he's just starting to just do his thing. And he's doing, oh, right. There, there was the girl who went to dance with him and he, he, he thought she was shit and he pushes her aside to just take right. over the whole dance floor, right. which is right. also hilarious. Yeah. Um, but then the priest is like, wow, he can really dance. He's like super excited right. while that's happening. And he's like, oh my God, Tony's such a great dancer. This is so cool to see my brother. So happy. He also can sense that like, you know, clearly the priest is uncomfortable in this nightclub, right? Mm -hmm. The priest in the nightclub, not his thing, but then <laughs> the this other kid, the <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the kid keeps talking to him. He's like, Hey father, you know, have a question. And he's like, yeah, I'm not a father anymore. You know, call me this He's like, okay. And so he says, you know, my, 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 my girlfriend, she's super religious. You know, she, she, she likes the taste of the communion wafer. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he just keeps trying to talk to him about it. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he, the, the priest suddenly turns around. He doesn't say anything. And he's like, wait, wait, did, did, did you get your, did you get your girlfriend pregnant? <laughs> like, yeah. And there's a realization. The kid says, yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. And then he's like, and then he basically says, do you think you can help me? I want to get, basically get an abortion and have the Pope forgive him for the abortion. Yeah, exactly. Do you think they'll offer a special dispensation for if I get, if my girlfriend gets an abortion? Right. Yeah. Like, we're sure like, a moron this guy is, but it's also like, it's very sweetly sad. You're just like, oh, so, and you're like, oh, God. and the priest looks at him and says, oh, no. no doesn't work that way. No. Doesn't, and then it's like, it was this, revelation and it was such a like whole, and you already start realizing everyone has a shit life right yeah everyone's life. everyone's in a trap everyone is in a trap everyone's and, in a trap and, that kid, and like that kid's in in like a tightening trap where and, like if he doesn't yeah. if he doesn't make a choice you know things are going to get bad and uh and he can't face the choice you know right. and and like that's that's he's living sort of the extreme version of what travolta is actually going right through, you know and and, and but he so, has like, no discernible talent Whereas right. Travolta he's just, yeah, does. exactly. Travolta does. Right. And like, and so like when you watch and what's great in this movie is like watching Travolta dance, like he's, he's an amazing, he's, he's an amazing a really dancer. good dancer. He's a really it's good dancer. It's very hard to be a good dancer. And, and, and everything is within the context, like the, within the realistic context of if you were to go to a dance club at that time and saw a really good dancer, this is what he would look like. This right. is it. 
right? There's no like dramatizing it. There's no artifice to it. You just see these big wide shots of him doing this. And you're like, that guy actually really dance, you know? And that's, what's very satisfying. Like when that's juxtaposed to how shitty everything else is. Right. And, uh, and so the, the stakes are not artificial. Like they're completely realistic. Right. Right. Like, and like the, they, they incorporate like a dance competition is coming up towards the end of the movie, this kind of stuff. And well, like what I really, uh, cause like he meets this one, uh, uh, who is a bullshit artist, but you know, she talked constantly. Oh, well, Lawrence Olivier came into my way. Yeah. Hey, oh, well, yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna, we're, well, we're going to go through that in a second. So yeah, this, 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 this brings us in now. I think, this but, but she is, she is, she is a, but there was another woman who's in there as well, who I think is another tragic side character yes. as well. Yes. And it, I forgot the actress. By the way, she's been in a bunch of things. Dan, yeah. on a side note, is it not? And I thought of this watching them again. And Chris is that, using the concept of somebody trying to get out for a better life, right? Mm -hmm. Always in the neighborhoods uh, where it is obviously a lower income neighborhood, using the dance studio as a, as a symbol yes. for somebody. Yeah. You saw it in Buffalo 66. Buffalo 66. In, yeah, in Carlito's way. Yep. Totally. All this was like, the girl the, of his dream flash dance, flash dance <laughs> yeah. the, as right, the right, dance right. studio in the lower income place is the place where you can get dreams to get out. Meanwhile, okay. as you discover in the second movie, which is one of Chris's favorites, the uh, staying alive, <laughs> is, staying alive is that he it's very hard. It's not, right. you know, it's not a, a big ticket out because you have to earn it. Right. Like the, the, that's the, like, this is really like, like the, uh, cause the character we're talking about was an, Annette, I think. Uh, and this is the, like, this woman loves Tony, loves Tony. Right. No, I don't and, think so. I don't think so. But, well, no, I think we're headed towards the same thing. No, but, no, no, no. The woman, the, you're talking about the woman, the woman who's, who, who wants to, who pushes him to have sex with her and everything else. Right. Yes. Yeah. The, okay. The one of her, so yeah, I the think tragic, she sees she sees Tony as her ticket out. Yes. Right. This is where we're and, going. And she okay, wants Tony. Exactly she wants Tony to get her pregnant. Yes. So that she, so that Tony is forced to, uh, to uh, marry her, and then that's how they. She, when he goes on his big ride, Spot she gets on. to tag along. Spot on. So like the now uh, she's because, trying very hard to get pregnant by Tony. Very hard. Right. She'll do right. whatever and it takes. So like what's, and she's a very sympathetically played character, right? Yeah. And she sees, she, she sees Tony. Massively as, tragic. <laughs> massively tragic character. And she sees Tony as like, I mean, it, it's not just any guy, right? Like no, she's it's gotta be Tony. It's gotta be Tony because Tony is the light of the world in, in the first half of the movie. And he also is the one who is going to. He's going to uh, make it up and out. He's going to make it out. Right. And, uh, and so like her story is. Like what's really like it's such an amazing character because she is trying to trap him, right? But you, I don't see it as uh, cruel or vindictive or selfish. No, she's she's right? not she's not she's not being sny about it. She's right. being desperate about it. She's desperate, <laughs> yeah. Right, and that which and so it like it even has empathy for the trap itself. Yes. Like, like it's not just saying like oh it's like some people are shitty and just want to manipulate you and blah blah blah. No. It's just like no, this is the way this is the way it works across the uh, the whole situation for everybody is yeah. everybody is desperate, yeah. desperate, and everybody needs someone else to 
like, right get up and out or like blah, whatever it is and uh and uh and like there's no relationship in the movie that that doesn't have an element of that right you know and like the the when he meets the woman who is you know he sees this fantastic dancer on the dance floor and he tries to she's one her. of the first she's one of the only women only women that snubs him yes exactly turns and that is out. a big turn on for him right exactly <laughs> and uh and so she comes to represent uh like his own idea of what he can attain right like like this is his get up and out card. Not even like me, like she's so great and she's going to provide me a second out, but just sort of, he gives like, there's enough of a reflection of himself in her that he right. starts to see things differently. Right. And there's nobody else in the world. Like me is a comfortable position in the first part of the movie. But when, uh, when someone is like him, right. Uh, and has this other slightly further vision of what to do about it. Like, even though she's lying about it and she talks about like all these stars she meets and that's not true. Like she's very, uh, she's very direct about like, you know, like I may like I I I may be saying all that stuff, but I really am trying to do this thing, yeah, right. because I because I have I value myself and I know what I'm willing to trade in, uh, in order to get there, right? right. And uh, and so like this like this brings in all sorts of other trouble for Tony in trying to examine himself and what he wants, and things get more and more uncomfortable and take more of a downward turn because he's seeing a larger picture of the world through all these events and right. what he's seeing only gets worse. Right. Like it only gets harder. You know, things get really, really shitty for sure. Yeah. But, but he, he basically convinces her to uh, come dance with him to right. or practice and enter the competition. That's his, his goal. Right. But then he also is intimidated by her one because she snubs him. Uh, and two, because she keeps talking about her amazing life mm. as a receptionist in Manhattan. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and all these famous people come in and all these famous her. people come in and I know all these famous things that are going on and blah, 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 blah. And it, Tony is completely intimidated by her because he is a very simple person. Right. Right. In a lot of ways, like his only thing he focuses on is dancing. And everything else. So he's intimidated by her, which is the scene where we talked about earlier, where he goes into the coffee shop with her in the perfect framing. Now, there have been a lot of great scenes in cinema with two people having a conversation in a coffee shop. It's a very classic setting Absolutely, for that scenario. Sure. But, but this this one. <laughs> this one is so good. And what makes it even better is if you just watched it straight, you wouldn't you didn't know it was coming. Yes. It's it's so subtle yet yeah. filled filled with allegory and stories and 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 metaphors that everything the, that is being absolutely said. <laughs> every word that's of this conversation which is spoken in very uh uh you know lower class new york accents right the whole time yep. is such brilliant philosoph philosophical uh yep. things that it was and, just and it, absolutely and shocking it, and it and it's the best like because usually this this is the sort of scene where it's like the the meet cute where it's like they 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 fence a little bit but really hit it off right and that is essentially what happens but mm. it goes it goes <laughs> no way, it doesn't no no but this is what i'm saying it's like that is the result <laughs> of the scene right like like out of this a relationship grows right that is so that's yeah but it's a very what it does is like this is not a meet cute this is a total dissolution of fantasy mm -hmm. like the, he goes into it going like i'm going to charm this woman it's going to be fantastic Right. And then as it progresses, it's like, 
I don't even like this person. <laughs> you know, she's like, a she's a real bitch. She like completely dismantles um, yeah. their view their view of one another. But he doesn't realize that. Like right. you know, he doesn't understand a, it. Right, he, he doesn't, doesn't understand so, it. Just a note, and I know Chris, you're going to get angry because I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but I'm just doing a quick research. They try to persuade Tavolta after the first one to do this, and they kept rewriting, rewriting, rewriting. To do what? The second one? The, the second the one. Part. And so a guy yeah. named Wexler, Norman Wexler, wrote the script based on the ideas that Travolta wanted, which was he goes to Broadway. Right. And he becomes a Broadway dancer, but remains in the chorus. He agreed to participate in the film. And then he saw Rocky Three, and yes. which Stallone wrote and directed. So he told his agent he wanted a director who could bring energy and pacing to that film to Staying Alive. Right. And Paramount got him with Michael Eisner. They got Stallone to come yes. in. Oh yes. my God! Okay. And it's and and like this is the that was the kiss we'll get, of death. Right we'll, there. We'll, we'll get to it, but like that is whoa, so, Richie so... Sambora was the guitarist in the band. There you go. Holy moly! Like the, yeah, this this stuff. Like when we get to that, when we get to that section, I think this yeah. is the most. Like, but let's let's dissect the, Let's dissect yeah, this we'll scene. Go, I'm going to go step by step. Let's dissect the, dissect the coffee because to me, honestly, I could we I could spend three hours on that coffee shop scene. The coffee shop scene, which yeah, is probably about five minutes or less. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is terrific. It, it is right. such an inversion of what you expect. It's insane. What it's saying is incredible. Right. So first of all, you he sits down. And he wants to, you know, get her. He's like, you want a coffee? Let me get, you know, like get a cup of coffee. And she goes, no, I'll have tea with lemon. That's what everyone is drinking in Manhattan, right? right. Tea with lemon. Right. Tea, with, tea lemon. with lemon. I'm special because I'm from Manhattan. Manhattan, by the way, symbolizes the epitome of, of upper class. Right. You made right. it, right? Yes. Especially at that time, like you said, Eric, right? And she goes, I'll have tea with lemon. And by the way, she's got a super thick Brooklyn accent, like, yeah, like thicker than his, right? Right. Uh, but uh, you know, that's okay. And so he's like, tea with lemon, okay. And then he's like, I'll get a cup of coffee and a cheeseburger, like, right. okay, coffee and cheeseburger, not okay, coffee and cheeseburger, that's good, all right. right. So he's getting coffee and he's you know, wolfing down his, he's you gotta remember, he's 19 years old, right? right? So, and he's trying to be classy or respectful and chatty because he's he has her in high regard he normally doesn't treat women this way he pretty much goes like hey let's go dancing and then maybe you know you can we can have sex or something it doesn't matter in the car outside right in the car outside right uh yeah and then go back After, in to go dancing yeah, once, tomorrow. once the car is free yeah and then, then yeah because someone else is having sex in the car so they have to wait right. for that person so to well, let's wait around outside that well, right but with her he's actually trying <laughs> to take so her yeah and she keeps talking about how awesome her job is in manhattan and how she's like, you know, who came in the other day was uh, Lawrence Olivier, and you she, know, Olivier. you know, yeah, it's like, who, who's who, who's that? And she goes, uh, it goes, you know, Lawrence Olivier. He's he's you know did all he did all those things. He did those commercials, those Polaroid commercials. And he goes, oh, do you, do, you, do you think maybe you know if you got a camera, maybe he could get you a discount on a Polaroid uh, camera? You know, yeah. like, oh my god. And she's like, that, no, no, that's not how it works. Yeah. No. No, and, and then he's and, and the then, fact that they identify Lawrence Arabia, Lawrence Arabia, as the guy from Lawrence Polaroid. Like, it's the fuck, it's hey, the just to respond, Lawrence Olivier through Polaroid. Ads. In my, in my, <laughs> it, just to respond to Dave three D, and I just saw this Dave three D guy that you talked about Saturday Night Fever on the tight schedule. That has always um, amazed me, and I think I've mentioned it before. They literally, it's um, they busted this out. 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, they arrived at a studio. And so, I'll say so what, what Dave's 3D said is basically that the Bee Gees had to write all the tunes, license, license and wrote all the tunes specifically for this movie in a very tight schedule. Well, so I was the Bee Gees wrote all the music. Yes. But what I'm saying is, is that they went to, and I'll send you guys the link to the place, because I uh, love studio settings and where things were recorded. It's the same place where Goodbye Yellowbick Road was recorded and David Bowie's Low and The Idiot. And they arrived on a Thursday with 12 string acoustic guitars and they had a fly out Sunday morning and they wrote every single song for that movie between Thursday when they arrived and Sunday when they flew out, it was Saturday. Wild. So it was wild. Thursday, Friday and Saturday. And I've always was like, when I heard that years ago, I was like, they are the greatest band because yeah. Yeah. they, to write they wrote more than a woman stay with a 12 string guitar. Yeah. So they just sat around in this old chateau and they wrote all those songs in basically two days and just made demos, quick demos. And they went back to Miami where they recorded it. No, it's right. incredible. Cause I mean, like when you're, when you're, that like, is insane. Like, I don't think that you have to be under great stress to do great work, but when you are, when you are, when you have your head straight, and you are under great stress. Under great stress, like it can power you through, like the 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 uh, into a into a into and, the zone that you will deliver an unbelievable. And to super work. geek out, <laughs> they recorded those songs. Like a lot of the tunnels, the echo room stuff yep. was done on Vine in Santa Monica, which is now a Yoshinoya. But that was Phil Spector's studio. It had a great echo room, mm -hmm. and so they nice. did all the there oh it's so good it, it's so good but yeah i mean like it's 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 a weird sort of uh like a, it's weird aug augment to the actual story of the movie which is about creativity and uh, right. trying to attain things under stress <laughs> so, it's, so like, it's amazing that the movie actually went through that, that i, I want to go back to the to the coffee shop scene but so so you first, the first part is like he ordered he wants to get coffee and a cheeseburger and she wants to get tea so she's putting him down right yeah and he's like oh i'm putting down and then he says okay and then and then the next scene is the next conversation is Lawrence olivier can you get here a polaroid oh crap i said something stupid she puts him down right? right and then she says you know he was also in a play he's doing uh uh, uh romeo and juliet right and uh he goes oh yeah and then and then uh you know shakespeare is like yeah yeah and um and and then uh, he he says, says Zeffirelli. Get, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and then he, the director and, of the film, the director yeah. of the film. And then she and he says, you know, I always thought, I always thought that you know Romeo he took the poison too quick. Right. When did that? And he start to realize, like, oh shit, he paid attention in school. Yes. And, and he yeah. really and 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 he really had feelings about Romeo and Juliet that were genuine. And she's like, that's how they did it. In those that's days. how they did it back then, because yeah. you're an idiot. And I've been putting you down this whole time. He's like, oh, shit, I'm an idiot again. But right. really, you realize he's the one who is brilliant. He's the one who actually figured things out, but he doesn't even realize it. Right. And it's and just the, and, and what and the, and the very uh, idea, like what what is being said, like I always thought he took the poison too quick is symbolic of his point of view in the film yes like every, everybody else is taking the poison too quick everyone else is taking the poison too quick they're just right. like i fucking want to get out and he's like no yes. but you know maybe there's a solution maybe right. there's a solution right. and and she puts him down again she puts him down she puts him down she puts him down that's what she does she's like great i'll use you for you know to 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 be a dancing and get my notoriety but and she does like him clearly yeah. she likes him 
but she also likes to feel superior to him. She right. because he is also symbol uh, symbolizes uh, uh, the old her neighborhood, ass. which yeah, her, yeah. right. And, and so you, can hear her, you bring up the accent, like you can hear her co- trying to correct her own speech as she goes. Right, she's like, trying to sound like she's from Manhattan. Right. Like so, so she'll say coffee, and then she goes coffee. You know, like she'll mm-hmm. she'll she'll like reset herself and say it again, mm-hmm. and uh, and so like the like the by the end of the movie, like both of them, you know, like uh, not to jump obviously to the very end, but in the very end, like it's about them, like they both have been through, like uh, uh, such disappointment in each other and everything else by that point that the the final moment between them is like people with no bullshit between them anymore right right and i think that that's that's uh, like the the validity of what that is uh is what the movie is trying to like the movie is trying to say like everything you're going for is absolutely real but do not bullshit yourself because that will get in the way as much as everything else does that's exactly right because he that i was going to say that like even though he's incredibly narcissistic and everything else that he does he does not lie Exactly. He no. doesn't. He 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 basically is point of a fault. Well, yeah. absolutely. He'll he'll he sees he sees the good in everything. He right. sees potential in everything, yeah. and and he never lies to himself. Right. Everyone else is lying to themselves in some right. way. Right. And what well, and and they and what what I was his uh, dad, the girl, right. the, yeah, they're you all know, telling stories the, themselves. You know about yeah his about his whatever. brother. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so like the 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 thing that I was referencing earlier that I point out now is like the whole idea of the dance competition. Like there's like like all of his like his crew that he runs with is like you know they're all they make all sorts of racist jokes. They like they're know, horrible. This, they're horrible fucking people. It's really yeah. bad. Right. Um. But the the, but that was also not uncommon. It's not like oh, these are all. Oh yeah, like, like it's yeah. very under, like it's very understand. Like the movie, the movie. Nineteen seventies so- in New in New York was yeah. all about a, a, a ethnicity the, clash, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's it's part of the classism that is happening in the film. Like it's mm-hmm. part of like the movie. Te- like uh, really uh, is specific about showing that that this is not only like totally uh, like it's you know like it is what it is, but it is understandable how even good people end up acting badly, right? Because of this unbelievably shitty environment they're in, and uh, and uh, and so there's this thread, especially of uh, there's a whole there's a, basically this sub this uh, sub sub story that's happening, where uh, this the, they're racist against specifically uh, uh, Hispanic men, right? Yeah, and uh, and there's this fight going on, like one of their buddies gets their gets his ass kicked by uh, this Hispanic gang, or so he says. And so then they try and fight back, but it didn't really happen. And so then they've acted, they've you know, acted out in this violent way against people that had nothing to do with it. And like, you can see how this fucking shit goes back and forth. But yeah. the, when the dance competition comes down, right. The, uh, like the, uh, the winners, uh, like, well, the, the, uh, the people that they're up against, like the, like they show, you know, like here are the top three folks. Well, right? yeah, the top three, down the top three, and the one person that's, that's okay. And then yeah. he comes up with the girl and they dance more than a woman. Right. That's what they're, right. they're and it's they're, great. Right? And, it's close, and it's a slow song too, but very, yeah. you know, it's not blah, blah, blah. And then the, 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 uh, Hispanic or Puerto Ricans, I believe they are right. Yeah, sure. sure. Right. Puerto Ricans, uh, 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 come up and they dance and, all of his friends like all their friends go wrong neighborhood asshole you know yeah, like yeah. just like really the, the, this couple's dancing is great like, oh yeah and, but it's you know very and, very latin and tone, look and to tone, it. 
Right. And Tony watches it happen and sees that in terms of the competition, they have kicked his ass. Yeah. Right. And he knows it. It's like, oh, fuck, they're really good. And he says it out loud. Everyone else is like, they're shit. They're shit. They're crap. Everyone else is trying to tell a story. Everyone is just denying it. And he's like, no, I'm not lying. I know they're great. I'm looking at it. It's actually happening. They're, they have beat our ass. Right. Right. And, uh, and then because the club. Could you have told, could you have, could you tell that they won? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing oh, yeah. is, the reason why is not, is not because uh, uh, Tony and her are bad. They're great. But the, but the dance itself. The others are better. Is the, dance, the dance that they dance is the culmination of a personal realization story. And so you watch it in that context of like, this is a slow dance. And they're confident with each other. And so it's a triumph for them. But when, you, when you're talking about a dance competition, like the other one's just like, they come, they come out and just fucking kill. They just right. destroy and they look great. You know, like they're there to win a dance competition, whereas I'm watching a movie about self-realization. And so their dance seems seems better to me because of the character realization. Um, but the actual winning dance is, is obviously a winning clearly, dance. Clearly, clearly. Right? And so like, and so Tony looks at it and it's like, oh, they they totally won. And ever, all of his friends are just like, no way, no way. Mm-hmm. And then the the they actually lose, right? They, uh, yeah, the, 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 they, the they Puerto the Ricans come in second. Right, yeah. and, and they're uh, super happy that they came in second. <laughs> right, and they're totally pumped. They're just like fucking a that we did really well. And meanwhile, all of his friends. Are Tony, just like, yes, wins Tony wins the first place. Tony wins first place. Hooray, hooray! And Tony's just like, that is not fucking acceptable. That's like, bullshit. That, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Like you guys were better. You deserve the award. Right. Like, like don't kid yourself. Like don't give into this bullshit story. Right. Like they won. They should and and it, that's the clearest example of him being honest about himself right. and about everything going on. Right. And um, like, and that, but and that foolish is. too, because he gives the money. So now they have double money. They have the no, winning yeah, yeah. envelope. Like he's, he's like the, 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 like in that scene and directly after that is his, is Tony's big fall. Like he's just like, I'm not good enough to do this. I don't have anything. Everything else around me has been ruined. And this is the one thing I had. And I just basically, even though I won, I lost. And it destroys him. It destroys his ego. And everything's completely fucked. And he acts horribly after this point. Right. Like he has totally lost everything because he is yeah. he's, he admits yeah. that he was beaten. And he, because all. he admits it, he can't take it. You know, yeah. and he has to go through. That's, that's the, like, he hits, he hits bottom after that moment. Uh, yeah. and takes it out on everybody. Like he, like he's like, fine, I'll be fucking narcissistic and selfish and bad. Right. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, oh no. <laughs> well, let's get to that point. We're, let's take a. We're going to take a, a, a quick a break in a second here. So we'll get to when when, when Tony turns sour mm-hmm. uh, uh, section. <laughs> uh, but we'll we'll do that. So I just want to remind uh, everyone uh, about our. Um, our, uh, how our Twitch works. There's a lot of, there's some new faces on here. So uh, I'd like to, to point that out as well. Uh, so uh, basically uh, we have uh, subscribers. Uh, subscribers help pay for us as a podcast. Uh, and so that would be great. Uh, those of you who subscribe through Prime, some of your Prime uh, subscriptions have to be renewed every month. Uh, just so you know that, uh, even though uh, if you have basically Amazon Prime, you can uh, throw us a free subscribe free to you, but we still get paid, which is great. Uh, but if otherwise, uh, subscribing is always welcome, and we'd appreciate that, uh, as well as the fact that we have our merch store that's also available. That's at martinigiant.com. Oh, sorry, it's Threadless, right? You can get there through martinigiant.com. Uh, 
Uh, and we have a lot of cool stuff, including uh, great T-shirts and uh, coffee mugs and uh, lots of fun, uh, shower curtains and beach towels. Seriously, uh, all fun things out there. And, they, uh, and Eric is always putting new things on there, including a special edition uh, Daniel Buck uh, merchandise, which is hilarious. That's right. Don't miss uh, out on the on the on the on the Buck stuff. That is that is right. truly unique. So uh, so what we're going to take a, a quick uh, two minute ad break and then we'll be back in those uh in those two minutes and we'll talk about uh sour tony, <laughs> <laughs> sour tony coming your way all right okay so we're on commercial break now uh those of you who don't subscribe or who do subscribe you will not be uh getting the ads but you'll be yeah, hearing you us. See all the good stuff. All right. uh how is everyone doing otherwise you guys doing okay uh yeah no i've been um there's a project that I've been working on with a couple of friends of mine that uh, we finally got through a bunch of uh, it's partially animated and we um, I designed an animation style with uh, my artist friend uh, and uh, it looks awesome it all worked and it's very reproducible very quickly so it was, uh, it was a triumphant week in terms of this project and uh, we'll have news on that hopefully in a little bit That's very oh great. sweet yep. yeah. sweet 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 uh, very cool. I am actually uh, working on trying to get a proof of concept out myself, uh, which is also uh, going to be challenging, but we're finding a lot of talent that's going to be able to help us out on it. So I'm excited about about that. Um, and so, yeah, it's been good. How about you, Eric? Uh, just busy week at work and you know, nothing really going on. I did a new poster actually for my show and um, kind of doing some writing with it, but basically, <coughs> you know, it's in the hands. We're with trying to you know, sign with an agency, but other than that, it's just going. And then I did a new poster. I, nice. I, I yeah, and it's wonderful uh, as all the design is. And, mm -hmm. uh, and like, I, I just want to say, I'm very proud of Martini Giant as we're not, we don't just talk about movies. We start making the stuff. It's very yeah. It makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're making. We're, all three of us are making something. That's right. Independently of each other, but we're all supporting this. each other. Uh, yep. Supporting each other with everything 100%. we can. One hundred percent. Which has been really, really great. Actually, you know, I gotta say, uh, uh, Martini Giants is. You know, we're we're God. We're almost what? How many episodes? Almost eighty episodes or something like that. Very good. That's I. Yeah. I mean, I think we did a good job on Martini Giant. I think. I mean, <laughs> good job, babies. Good Fantastic. job, baby. Yeah. So, thank you, Martini Giant, for for oh, yeah. for for and all of our fans who've been very supportive. I think this Twitch thing has really uh, uh, helped us a lot. It's been a yeah. lot of fun having you guys on. You know, Red Beer has been contributing to some great conversation uh, as well. Uh, and then, yeah, he, he's uh, Red Beer also commented the fact that Stephanie even recognizes that the talent was very was better than them, but she tries to 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 hide her emotions yeah yeah it's great she, she tracks does. her character so insanely well really the, really the, the acting the, across the board yeah. all the characters really yeah, great deliver actor. really yeah. deliver yep no Every, yeah. everyone is like you can tell that everyone is having their own actual experience as a character right. and like no one's there to it was like well it bothers me in movies when uh characters simply exist for the main character to have a realization like structurally that's always true but like right. you don't want it to actually feel like that because then it feels narcissistic and cheap and uh and so whenever like when you have this where all those characters around tony they're all there to sort of push tony in uh up against 
uh, different difficulties that he has to examine. Um, but they all feel like real people. Like it's so rare to see that. And that's one of the things seventies movies did really well, but people forget that this movie in particular and, did extraordinarily well. And a very good point there, Dan. And I just want to take a quick second. Uh, I know we're talking about Saturday night fever, but on staying alive, there is a song <laughs> that Frank Stallone wrote called look out for number one. And if I could just read the first, these are the lyrics. You got to work a little harder than the next guy. Be a little smarter. If you want to survive. You've got to oh, move good. a little faster, Chris, than the last time. Know just what you're after and never look behind. That's you got to right. look out for number one. Set yeah, your sights right. to the stars and the sun. Look out for yeah. number one. You got to push a little harder, push a little harder. Yeah. And <laughs> it goes on. But those right there, those really are I, inspirational. I, really, yeah, I believe those were written by Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it's true dude like i surprised, I'm surprised it is the most there. 80s like, the 80s thing so there far there must have been a song that was just like was, the song was just called nobody else exists but you <laughs> yeah how many times has there been a song in the 80s where they question do you want to survive right <laughs> it's, so it's always like yeah it's so spectacular yeah yeah but yeah so shark the, tank <laughs> god it's just insane but yeah like the 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 way this movie the way the first movie follows the is like it is such a it's one of the very few no bullshit uh, uh, looks at when you have um, uh, like a a, a, a a goal or an aspiration uh, like it isn't like it's both the things you're coming up against are not just external like they are ninety percent internal. And uh, and and for and to actually have to face this stuff within yourself in order to get things together that you want to is something that most people don't make it all the way through, even if they're successful. Like it's like the, it's so complicated, and so uh, and the movie makes it like doesn't make Tony into a hero. Like it shows him as this super flawed dude who doesn't even really know what he wants. He has to try and bring this into some sort of focus and maintain, uh, maintain that and look at it and see his own failures and see that all this is the product of the situation he's in that he has also contributed to is wild. Like you don't see like this, like the best other, like the uh, best ensemble movie outside of this, is like American graffiti and yeah. American graffiti is a, is an extremely good movie, but kind of looks like a cartoon next to no, compared to comparison. Yes. Absolutely. By the way, here's Why? some TV. Actually, I have a TV in the background. Any of you guys have some TV noise going on in the background or something? I do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, oh, I, don't no, I think that's TV noise from on my side. Chris. Yeah. Uh, Can you okay. hear it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. That's right. But uh, but yeah, that's the but that's the like I mean I love it. Hold great, on, great great picture. Okay. Um, but like it has uh, it has a American Graffiti comes across like it has a thing to say and it lines up to say it and says it. Whereas although this, I'm really although I'm really glad that we're doing Staying Alive because I think we need to talk about that that problem of mm -hmm. Staying Alive and Saturday Night Fever. Uh, I think it might have been an interesting pairing to do Saturday Night Live and 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 uh. uh uh, American Graffiti as a pairing would have been an amazing it's pairing. A different, yeah, that's a different kind of pairing. Yeah, exactly. But that would have been an amazing thing because it's uh, also very cultural about a specific mm -hmm. 
time and culture, period, yeah. right? Absolutely true. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, but it's also, a great movie. it's a really great film, right? But it was also filmed around the same time as Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever was about the present, about that time about in that, that very, mo moment. very moment yep. in time, and captured that very moment in time. Rough. So, yeah, right. Exactly. right, and and you know, uh, uh, American Graffiti was. Of almost not a, I don't want to say a parody, but it was trying to recreate or, or make a you know uh, that yeah anyway. it's, a, it's a slightly stylized slightly stylized nostalgic look at the nostalgic version Sorry, of guys. the fifties. Right. No, it's okay. No, That's it's okay. That, that like American Graffiti is wonderful, but American Graffiti has like it's uh like you can tell it's like, sentimental. They, oh yeah, it's a it's a sentimental movie. And I mean, sentimental. I mean, and the way that I mean that is like it uh you don't have a sen the sense of discovery that you do in Saturday Night Fever is really unique like in american graffiti you kind of know what they're setting up to say they continue to say it and then they say it like here it is like there's a statement that i agree with this is sad there we are and then whereas saturday night fever you're like i don't really know where this is going and it's an actual journey of self-discovery and, right. and it's unafraid to look at the really bad aspects of this character uh as he can't keep his shit together like that's really really great and most movies uh about this kind of stuff are very self-celebratory about like you're gonna make it because you got the stuff and you're a special person this is like that yeah, you may not make it even if you do have the stuff and you right. might be a dick by just because you're not paying attention yeah and it really goes <laughs> back to you really just have to look out for number one and set your side <laughs> to the stars and the sun and Look out! You got to push a little harder, right. and just push that's a little right. harder. That's yeah. right. That's what it comes down to. It does. That's <laughs> it. That's that's really what it, it comes down to. Thanks, Frank. Oh my god, that movie! That movie really blew my goddamn mind. I, it was like so well, much. Is, well, I got it. Here's the other thing. Quickly before you start, the <laughs> whole movie, like as soon as like you had a moment to really understand Travolta, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's like, it's a doom, 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 wow, wow. It's like, wait a minute. Okay. So every moment was just drenched in Frank Stallone. Oh, it's, oh and, my God. And, yeah, like, they should have just come out with like a body, like a, like a, like a shampoo or like experience. a yeah, exactly. Frank Stallone scent. The, the juxtaposition, Klein. because actually the thing is, okay, here's the thing, right? On top of the fact that Saturday Night Fever has all of these amazing underscores, it also has incredible dancing and fantastic music, right? Yes, exactly. And, 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 the, and, and the disco was at its peak, mm -hmm. right? And disco is disco is not bad music. What happened? Did we lose Eric? We lost Eric. Where'd Eric uh -oh. go? Uh-oh, we lost Eric. Okay. Uh, we may need to, I may need to get him back. Right. So when Eric comes back, hopefully... Um, we'll, we'll do that. There he is. Uh, oh, he's back. Okay. He's back. Uh, all right. I have to get him back on the Twitch channel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, Hold on. I got to go to the other computer. Hold on. Just one second, Eric. Don't say anything. Not at all. All good. Uh, Dan, you keep talking because otherwise we're gonna have dead air. <laughs> okay. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I think that this, like, uh, like I was saying earlier, like the that stand alive is a how can I say it? Like it, it's the it's kind of a coda to saturday night fever that re-emphasizes to me how correct saturday night fever is like it's like it's like it's uh the saturday night fever is already a great film it is made into a better film because of what set of, of what staying alive does wrong it's it like it's it's really it's really really bold and i think like it's these it's because stallone and 
Travolta are in this same moment of total global worldwide success and their vision is so narrowed down to a single point uh that it's it's that moment it's the only moment you can make something so ludicrous as staying alive and make it so un- unself-aware in every single way because like there the- was a lot of moments though where he really his character was connected to mm-hmm. um his first his first um uh film oh i think i mean he's playing the same guy for sure Absolutely like he following, no. He, he, he through. Travolta did a did a good did as good a job as he could. Right, right. But it's but but it's, but, it's, but, it's, but even I'm sorry. Even the dancing was shit. It's terrible. Like it's terrible. Like the worst. The and like like everything they're doing their best that they can with the photography to cover it because the photography and the editing are actually pretty good and they're pretty inventive. But like they're they are they they are dancing as fast as they can as a, as photographers and editors to try to hide the fact that what they're filming is not I, watchable. I swear, if I could ever get a part in a film, I want to be like that dance director with the leather vest and the cigarette, just looking oh, frustrated. It's like, come on, come on, oh, dude! I you, was know, saying- you know, when when he's dancing, it was like uh, Will Will Ferrell doing like a parody yes. dancing. I was I was good. My opening song. <laughs> beautiful about that Satan show, though. There oh, was dude, some real It was so. I mean, it well, it, well, okay, it was on the level of like, what the fuck did I just watch when we yeah. did Flash Gordon? I because okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. No, 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 with this, you can see Flash Gordon was on purpose now. The, like, that's, exactly, that's the Flash Gordon was actually like, oh, this is actually kind of hilarious. Understands itself. You know, like Flash yes. Gordon's going for Flash Gordon. Like staying alive is what you get when you are completely unconscious of what a total fool you look like. This is it. Like you're like, yeah. I'm in the spotlight. Hooray! And you're like, oh my god, please, please turn off the lights. This is so embarrassing. Oh. It's unreal. It's unreal because yeah. like it, it is, is. It is. It is like it's like watching an episode of The Office when the, the when one of the guys thinks they're awesome. Like you know, yes. Michael yes. Scott thinks he's amazing. And you're like, yes. oh. I like I the, the first please. thing I was going to say about Stan Live is I was like, this is where Andy Samberg got his entire act. Yes. This is it. I was just like, all you need is staying alive with just a little self awareness, and it's suddenly the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) It's just, it's Uh. there's nothing like this movie. And what I was saying to Eric is like the like the the amazingness of the of the of the movie is essentially that uh, staying alive proves the point of Saturday Night uh, Saturday Night Fever. Like it's it's almost yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's important. It's to like, yeah, this is this is uh, yeah. You don't get shit out of any. Like, look, look, you think you made it? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, look at what you did. Yeah, like <laughs> this is that. Like, this is what it is to be un, uh, unaware. Like, this is this is what it like. The reason why, uh, like, staying alive is a, is is a product of lack of awareness, and uh, and the the like it, people say this all the time. It's the like people that. Um, that uh, aren't self-critical have a greater chance of success at what they do because they're not wasting their time uh, doubting themselves, right? That does make them often into insufferable assholes, but it does put you in a position. Narcissism puts you in that position, right? But the problem is when you get there and you're a narcissist, you make staying alive 
<laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly that right. Okay. And I've I've wow. had this con conversation about narcissism. <laughs> I've had this conversation about narcissism with a with a with a therapist and 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 you know uh, and I was or and I was like she was saying I was like, well, everyone to some extent has some level of narcissism where they think about self because that's the of only course. way you can put yourself into that level oh, that's, right that's not what narcissism is like, not, like I, I know i know i know but there's the, but no and, and, and well understand it but it's also everything centers around you centers around you right yeah. and so empathy is something that's like you know there's there's basically a balance between empathy and narcissism right where you don't understand the other point of, person's point of view is when it becomes harder to 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 do that now what's interesting is i think that uh tony Tony does understand the other point of view, or he never would have accepted the fact that the other dances were better than exactly, him. exactly, right. Exactly. So no, you know, let's just put it like the greatest example of narcissism I think I can come up with is you know is Donald Trump, right? He would never believe in his heart in his mind that anyone could ever beat him it's in impossible. an election. Like, so to him, it's, it's a rigged deal. It yeah, cannot yeah. be because right. I'm fucking Donald Trump and I right. always win. Right. Even though I went bankrupt, even when right. I was going bankrupt, I was winning. Yeah. Right? right. So 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 he doesn't accept that. So D Tony does. Tony realizes like Tony loves himself. He's right. absolutely obsessed with himself. Right? right. He's so excited about the potential that he has as a person. But he also sees how other people can be better than him. Yeah, he is. He yeah, is. It's, a, it's he is self-aware really, and aware of everything else. Also. Yeah. What's like, really what I think that makes that this movie work actually was the original concept was he makes it to Broadway as a backup dancer. Mm -hmm. If he just stayed the backup dancer, then right? you have a sequel to Saturday night fever. Right? Well, no, but then, the you point have a, is, then, you, then you're following the same thing. It doesn't become ridiculous. Like he becomes the lead. Exactly. He, he, with everything you follow in the first one, if he went to Broadway and became a backup dancer, it's a very humble thing, but he made it and he almost screwed it up. Right. But you don't need to show as much as that dance show, right? right? And right. you can still see him win because and walk down the street because he made it on his right. own terms. Because and the, it's the, not the star of the show the, and all that. The real, the real sequel to Saturday Night Fever would be a would like okay, he goes he he, he goes to uh, Manhattan and tries to become a dancer. Great, then he's you, a backup and, dancer, and then you make Rocky, right? Rocky loses the yes. fucking fight. That's why it's a good movie. Yes. That's right. right. So he becomes a backup dancer. He won. He's not the star that he was at the 20, 2021 club or whatever it is, but he still made it. Right. Exactly. But to that's, make him this ridiculous star, right. it becomes out of touch. Well, and, and this this what's like what's almost beautiful about the movie, right? Is that it is not because uh, there's like there's vanity projects that you see in movies that are vanity projects where it's clear that the person who is making it is very self-conscious. That's a van They want to show like how awesome I am and how beautiful I am or whatever it is. Like there's plenty of movies you can point to where you're just like, okay, this is embarrassing. This is, you know, whoever is trying to hold on to their superstardom in some way. And they make a vanity project that, that pumps them up and makes them look good. Still right. himself has made movies like this. Um, and you just, it feels awkward and kind of embarrassing because you know that the person who's making the movie is self-conscious in actuality and they're worried about being perceived as anything other than incredible right and so they make an argument like oh no i'm incredible and it feels really desperate this movie doesn't do that like this movie feels like it was made and i mean this entirely sincerely by a five-year-old 
right? And I don't yeah. mean that in terms of like movie skill or not being able to comprehend something, but someone who is like, if you were to tell me a story about how you succeed on Broadway, right. five-year-old, what would it be like? And it would be like this. Like it's I start off as a backup dancer and then I work my way up to the top and become right. the lead dancer with and then absolute... I tell my own story. What up? Yeah, yeah, that's what I yeah. Like it is a purely childlike experience and it's, so, and it's that kind of childlike narcissism that doesn't even occur to you that there is another way to go. Can we talk about the ending of Silent Night uh, Fever though? Because yeah. that was a little bit a little got to me a little bit. Um yeah, sure. well I don't I'm just trying to that's not the ending is not as satisfying as like the coffee shop scene to me. It's it's yeah. there's something a little bit okay, whatever, right? So basically, you know, they, the competition we mentioned that uh, his buddy jumps off the bridge and commits suicide. Yep. Uh, which was a horrible scene. Uh, the Varen's on a bridge, right? Yep. Which also is incredible because he talks. Tony talks about the bridge in such a way. That he knows absolutely every fact about it because that's the yeah. bridge that's going to take him but to that's, Manhattan. That's the Woody yes. Allen thing where yeah. it's, you're not just the visual. It's like Manhattan represents crossing that bridge represents something more. Yeah, it's it's, right. it's, it's a totally symbolic thing. And people that try like like even trying to cross the bridge, which is funny because they call they yeah. call it they call it New York. I'm going to New York. Like that's New York. Yeah, exactly. I live in Brooklyn. This is technically supposed to be also New York. It's part of yeah, the city, but, New York but is, Manhattan is, is represented by right. yeah, yeah, which right. is crazy. And it's all about like it's about Tony being able to cross the bridge in in terms of success and getting up and out, like his brother seemed to do, is the core of the movie. And so the the bridge becomes a symbol, like the, that the bridge becomes a symbol of death, yeah. is very is is very sad. Like and sad, not yes. just because the character died, but because of what it's saying. It's like this is an incredibly difficult bridge. To right. Cross. And he just, it's a very hard bridge to cross. In fact, they even talked about the people who died in the bridge. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. During the construction of the bridge. And so it's, it's just a very challenging thing. Right. And then his brother came back across the bridge and said, you know, it chewed me out and spit me out. And the fact that he did that as a priest is also very interesting. Right. 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 So it's just oh, such a brilliant film. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's great. And I think that like the, cause I, I feel like the, the, the very ending scene is really interesting to me because it doesn't like, I, 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 it's not the coffee shop scene. Right. And no. I feel like, I feel like they didn't even really, they, it's like, it's not a great, to me, it's not a great scene all by itself. Right. Okay. But what's interesting is that it really shows that they didn't really know where the story was going either. Right. And it, and it lands in this weird place where you're it's like, kind of an odd ending, right? Yeah, exactly. And it lands in this yeah. very unsure place. Um because the filmmakers didn't really know how to end it after like, this incredible bleakness. How do we pull this back up and out and right. be honest about it? And to, to leave it with these two people who have just been who are just now now on equal footing. Right. Uh, is even though it's not really a scene, is an almost meta experience of the movie. Right. You know, and so like it's it's a very it's a really weird out. But I just really just, to, just to give you an idea, of what happens in the scene? It's basically it's it's her, right? She's she decides she's going to rent an apartment in New York, and she's moving to New York to right. to Manhattan specifically, right? right? So she's getting out, right? right? He still has feelings for her. Obviously, they went through this journey together. And he wants to continue to be close to her, at which point, you know, as he's helping her move and they're having this conversation, he says, well, let's 
you know, can we, can we still be friends? And he goes, sure. Well, let's be friends and let just friends. Right. And that's the end. And that's the end. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Which is an odd ending. Yeah. Because like, if you're, if you're talking about it, it's like coming to terms with, uh, what you really want um, in your life. Like this, this moment is closer to a, a realistic happiness than some projected, you know, future happy, future happy me is going to live in a giant gold palace. You know, like they, like these characters sort of land in the space where like, okay, well, we're not telling each other any stories right now. And we like being in the same room. <laughs> you know, like that's, yep. that's basically where it lands. And it's the one moment in the movie where everyone is being honest with themselves about. Yeah, but that's the want. realness of it. And when yes. you get to the second one, he becomes the star show right. and it's, takes it over. It's, 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 it's so it's, stupid. If he had yeah. just stayed, the original script was he's a backup dancer. Yeah. Then it's really a real then that walk at the end he can it's it's great yeah like yeah, and red redbeard uh, uh redbeard uh, 1972 says if he uh if he stays a backup dancer it's still a 70s movie staying alive is the sequel it had to be because of the era in which it was made and the people who made it or and who made it like i i totally agree like the way to enjoy yeah, staying alive i agree is, with that yeah, like I, it still way, should be a 70s movie because right. the characters are a 70s character yeah like yeah but want, 80s but we can only do that now looking back in 2021 when yes. we can look at the those two points they don't know what an 80s movies is when in they're the making 80s. it they're in it <laughs> right they're exactly. in it, right right like and so like the, the the way to enjoy staying alive is as an entirely meta experience like there right. is no sequel to staying alive there is a documentary about people trying to make a sequel to saturday night fever and it is called staying alive and like they don't know that like they don't know that this is all be like they're editing it together as if this is the actual story that continues but really what you're seeing is raw stallone and raw frank stallone right. and like this and is this them a- on screen Right, and this was also the time during the movies like Fame and Flashdance, yes. and right. you know. Well, no, this L- was prior to Fame. It's, it's it's part of the same way. Prior it's, to it's, yeah. Flashdance, yes. Yeah. Like, but this, the thing is, is when you just amount. look at it on paper, and I agree with Red Beer seventy two, and it's true. But if you just think about tonally, you're replacing the Bee Gees with Frank Stallone. I don't think I could be in a meeting in 1980 and say, that's a great (laughs) idea. Yeah, like, we're going to replace Jimi Hendrix with Striper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just just insane. It's just insane. But apologies to Frank Stallone. But, like, like the the Bee Gees are one thing. And uh, and the the music in this movie is, is so... Uh, like he actually, is so it's still good, it's Travolta really is good, good in this music. film, I really did, and yeah. I I do find that if if some of those notes that I I know it's 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 Monday morning quarterback, but he right. was so I still found him good in this, and I could oh, see the is, throughput from the first film, there. and it's a shame that the exterior was like kind of mushed well, up. This, this is the thing, right? It's like there's a the the film itself, yeah, like I said, it's the only experience you can have is meta, right? But for Travolta. He is uh, Tony in that space because Travolta is in that space. Like he is, it is both simultaneously exactly what is happening for Travolta and exactly Tony in this. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Like it's like, there's, there's no, cro- there's no, uh, there's like the Venn diagram is just a circle with those two characters at that point. Like I totally believe him and what he is doing. And this is absolutely uh, ridiculous and a rejection of everything that we just learned from the first one. Like uh, it's, and to, to have it as this sort of like weird bookend movie, which 
uh, not it doesn't just sort of like it doesn't advance the story of Tony. It brings into incredibly clear relief the value of the first film. Like right. it's 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 so stark, it's bizarre that it got made. It's like that nobody stepped in and said, "Wait a minute." <laughs> like, well, I don't <laughs> think people understood it. Right? People even in the seventies, the what they understood was dancing and 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 Travolta, right? Right. And the Bee Gees was like, okay, so what was pot good about this movie was Bee Gees, which was a symbol of disco back then. So disco sucks now. So you know what's better is my brother is a really good musician, right? So 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 we'll use that instead. <laughs> that I was like, crazy. because he's awesome. I was like, but oh, then yeah. they mixed it with the the music of Starlight Express. It's just yeah, like oh, it's a perfect example. Yeah, Starlight it was. There was no sense. balance. There wasn't a visionary director behind it saying you know there's a nuance that needs to be here there's no nuance it you know just, and there was also I, I, right go, if you go back to <laughs> if you go back to uh Cyanide fever and you listen to not not the music but the score behind it it's genius it's, yeah well it's by dave uh uh what's his name he did uh, a conversation and he did uh zodiac and all that stuff like he's great. right and, hello and, zodiac and, and it's it that score is deep like on the bridge when the music they're playing when they're yep. they're fucking around on a bridge is disturbing yep. and crazy good yep. it yep. sounds like a michael mann film almost like yep. you know what i mean like it's like what the fuck it's like 100%. it's such a good enriching experience and yep. emotionally it's it is a hard movie to watch because of the subject matter that's going on and it's you know it's not well, like we can't you can't we can't underscore it enough if you haven't seen the movie like, this is a really this gets pretty fucking unpleasant it's really really yeah awful. it is really it awful. is it is especially you know, like oh wait i'm cheering for these characters that are a bunch of freaking racists yep. you know like that's hard it it's ugly. hard to do that yeah. uh but but there's something just uh just for the coffee shop scene, seriously. And you can't great. watch the coffee shop scene without seeing the whole beginning to get you emotionally ready for that. You know? Well, and this is like, this how about the, the White uh, Castle scene? The oh, White uh, White Castle, <laughs> yes. Like the, but the thing is, like this, this yeah. movie, the, this movie, what's genius about this movie is that you take a movie like, uh, uh, what's it called? Last Exit to Brooklyn, right? Uh, Jumper Jason Lee. Uh, like the movie is so goddamn grim that you, it forces you outside of the movie. Like, like it's just like look at how fucking terrible everything is all the time and there's a there's a point at which you can't relate you your mind won't let you relate to that anymore like right. where you just where you're just like i'm i can't fucking take this dude you got like this this just looks feels like you know grimness porn you know and like i'm just gonna back out of it i'm not gonna emotionally connect to it and what's really brilliant about saturday night fever is that all of those same horrible things are in there but because of the way the story is told it never lets you escape. Like it's like no, but it's charming. You like these characters, and isn't this a neat scene? And isn't this a sweet little moment? And all this right. stuff. And and so you're there for when things go wrong, or like people make fucking horrible, violent, terrible choices. Like you're all you're you're trapped in there with them, you know. And the movie itself has closed around you. So by the time they're like in the end of the movie, it, there's like violence and rape and horribleness and suicide and you can't get out of the movie and which is which is what makes it painful and very real and uh because you've already developed a profoundly empathic relationship with these characters to have them like fall apart and lose everything that they care about in this way yeah. 
like you have no choice but to feel it now and like that is like the incredible direction and filmmaking of this thing and it's so subtle that it's i think it's a great shame that the 80s let us believe that this movie was somehow ridiculous it was like, just the music is associated. Yeah, exactly. Like being for when like beyond the nineteen eighties, just like I mean, even an airplane, which is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Like there's a whole scene that makes fun of Saturday Night Fever. You know, just like, oh, we should be ashamed of that. You know, like that's goofball and like disco is bad. And uh, all these like all these on when I finally saw Saturday Night Fever, I was like, Holy shit, I feel like I watched a, a fucking early Gene Hackman movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's a totally different experience, you know, or a Scorsese movie or something like this. And like, the, and uh, and I think that most people's conception of it is it remains that way, yeah, just un, unwatched. There was something interesting. I mean, uh, Ripper brings it up. He's like, he appreciated State Line because he realized how quickly people changed. Yeah. Between these oh, two movies, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, you went from the seventies. I don't think I don't see any difference between us now. Mm-hmm. And us in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, flip. you know what I mean? I don't see any difference. <laughs> right, right, right. Maybe right. I'm wrong. I don't know. Yep. But I don't see any difference between those two eras. Yep. But I definitely see a difference between the 70s and the 80s. And I mm-hmm. definitely see a difference between the 60s and the 70s. Yeah, and it's just pop like this, right? And, like, and then not, the I, 90s for sure. And then like, probably 2000. Like, but I haven't seen any change in character in any of us. From 2001 to 2021, I don't right. see that. Well, I think that we've sustained, like, for good and for bad, we've sustained one mode of thought since 2001. Yes, <laughs> I'll put it that way. On I think September we, 11th. Yes, on. I think yeah. that I think that we have not yet recovered from that, and it's like it's like how uh, uh, without without going too far down that road, it is like uh, how uh, you can relate all the troubles in the world basically go back to world war one like you can go oh this happened because of this and that's, uh, the russians way. and blah blah like you can watch the dominoes fall all the way up right. to vietnam etc etc uh yeah. and uh and from this single event like all like m- an enormous amount of the stresses that we face uh in the world today and especially in america are still we from haven't then. we don't know what where to put what happened to us uh and uh and it comes out through our art very very starkly and i think that's really yeah. interesting. so without getting on too far down that road the uh the, the honesty of it's i yeah. to comment on what red is saying like the honesty of uh filmmaking uh the 70s is really what makes the 70s, 70s filmmaking legendary it isn't right. that, like it isn't that there isn't as good filmmaking in the 80s or there isn't as good filmmaking in the, what like 90s through now there is plenty of incredible filmmaking all the time like but in the 70s we were in a particular moment and they come and go of radical honesty and uh, and and that honesty comes through and rings true today that's why these movies keep on when you watch them you watch the deer hunter or you watch whatever like you go oh shit that still is true like this is still true you know these feelings are still true like i have acted in this terrible way um and uh but the 80s were were a rebuke of that because honesty is terrifying and so the the core art of the 80s became to uh distract ourselves from that pain say something else yeah. Or fantasy, like fantasy, smart fantasy, yeah. like uh, you know Beetlejuice. Yeah, I mean, like when we were talking, when we did um, uh, Legend and um, uh, uh, what was that? What, what did we pair with Legend? Oh, uh, we did uh, uh, the Keep. 
was the key was the key yeah okay so yeah. like like there's a, there's such a strange glut of weirdo fantasy that they were trying to make in the 80s like there's right. you know fucking uh 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 the you know like legend uh there's uh, willow there's you know uh Krull, dragon slayer dragon slayer it's just on and on and on and on and on and it shows like how much we wanted to get the fuck away from ourselves yeah. Like, and it's, and like, and this, and when you get to Stand Alive, which I think we can officially do in part of the podcast, yeah. Stand Alive is the, is, is the, is the most pure rebuke of the earlier sentiment that I could possibly imagine. Right. Like in every societal way. <laughs> well, there was, I mean, there was, a, there was that famous moment in, in music history and Eric, you're going to be the best person to back this up, but it was that famous moment in music history where there's some DJ out of Cleveland, Ohio, or something like that, that basically said disco sucks or fuck disco or whatever it was right. and encourage people to take to all burn, their yeah. disco records and burn them. Right. It was like a big burning of disco music, right? Okay. Uh, which was so weird. Yeah. Weird shit. This is something, yeah. by the way, I hate always is when right. you say, I'm just going to draw a big red circle around this and say it's stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, this never makes me happy. It never, ever makes me happy. So, uh, yeah, which was interesting. Do you guys, what was there? There was a movie. I forgot, and someone in chat or one of you guys is going to know, there was a movie that was pretty hilarious that took place, and the whole point of the, the whole thing of the movie was uh, about guys trying to go see a Kiss concert yes. and they couldn't make it in. What was the name of that movie? There were, it was also one about you too by a Mexican director. Uh, I know, it's uh, last... Um... It was a comedy, pretty much. But yeah, I know what you're talking. These guys about. skipping school and they're trying to get into a concert, and they run in and they run Detroit in. Rock City. Detroit, well, yeah, Rock Detroit Rock City. City. That's yeah. right. And so the, they run into uh, specifically. Thank you, Dave 3D. They run into uh, uh, some guys who they call Guidos, right? Which is a mm. derogatory term for 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 Italian American. Mm. Uh, and they, I, I didn't know that they named. Uh, uh, Stella's was the name of the, the the female version of a Guido. I didn't know that until I saw that movie because I remember Guido. I used to call them Guidettes, but then they were, you know, that was not also also probably not appropriate. But used <laughs> used quite a bit in the in '89 when I went when I was graduating from high school. Um, anyway, uh, so the uh, uh, in Detroit Rock City, they were talking about disco and how much they love disco, and the guys are like, "The disco sucks," right? right. And it was that thing, that that feeling of disco sucks and there's something better. And it was 80s music, right? And right. so that is right at the moment. Like when was when did when did uh, Staying Alive come out as a movie? It's 83, I want to say. Okay, so that's exactly right. You know, like that that is that is exactly that moment where people were like massively rejecting disco. Right. Right. No, they rejected disco prior to that. Well, yeah, was it was definitely a big wave. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it, it's it, like it, it starts to happen because I mean, 79, the 80. Because yeah, the airplanes gag is in um, 1980, so they shot that in 79. So 79 is the is 79, the 80 is that. really when. Yeah, yeah. Sure. when rock and roll was started and that's the whole tidal wave of like tom petty rock and roll right um the pretenders rock and roll yeah, where straight. it was a tick yeah, yeah where it was yeah. taking a different form yeah. and it wasn't just like led zeppelin right. Uh, right. which i love but the point is it was different and that's yeah. the more of a, a new kind of surge 
yep. of Americana rock and roll and just like fuck disco. And I think Tom Petty even was on that bandwagon of screw disco. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, oh, like, I'm it was, sure it was, a lot it was of people were. Sentiment. And like, right. like, like I mean, it's just like it's like because even when I talk about like you know when I make fun of like Striper, Striper is not a very good band. That's why I picked them. I'm I met against, those guys. I you told you them? that. Oh, I met man. them. Like, at a I'm music not, convention, I, and they literally it's the black and yellow striped outfits and yes, guitars. Yes, yeah. yeah, dopey. Like, but yeah, it's, it's like, you it's, know, well, what are you gonna do? I mean, like, but I'm not against like. There's hair metal that I love. There's really good hair metal. Like I, I will definitely, I'm, I'm definitely up for that. You know, it's like when I when we make fun, of, I might make fun of Frank Stallone songs in this movie because they're narcissistic and bizarre. Like I still, at the same time, love. Um, uh, what's the band that we thought that was? Uh, uh, Survivor. Uh, Survivor. Like, Survivor's awesome. That was like, the first tape great. I ever bought was Survivor. Yeah, Survivor is great. <laughs> I really? so it's, I'm not against the music. Hey, it's, it's, it's the queen of the fight, right? It's bad, it's bad. Yeah, Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, Eye of the Tiger. And like, Eye of the Tiger went from being, like, great to corny to great again. Like, now when I hear it, I'm like, this is a great goddamn song. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous, it? but it's absolutely fantastic. You know, because, like, it, it wraps up all of the energy and fun of... Uh, like the good aspect of what Stan Alive is trying to do is Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, it's corny. Yeah, absolutely, it's corny. Uh, but it's also uh, 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 positive and fun and really well built in the same way that like great disco is. You know, like the BGs are great. And it's not just because like, you know, it's kind of catchy. It's like that's actually really good. You know, and I think that like, the, but when you when you just wholesale say, you know what, country music is terrible, and you draw a giant circle around it, and you throw away everything. Like, there's an amazing amount of good stuff you're throwing away just so you yeah. can have a good joke. Yeah, like I agree. There's a lot of shitty pop country music, well, without a doubt. And like the chances of, like, if you turn on a country station, you're probably hearing a bad song. But to absolutely wipe it out is to throw away some of the greatest music that America has ever come up with. Yeah, you know, and like that's the like that's the that's the kind of stuff where I'm just like, like be like allow things through to you. Like, don't have a prejudged idea as to whether or not you should like it. Find out if you like it. It's okay if you don't, and that sometimes things are bad and ridiculous. But like, be open to the idea of liking it just because of what it is. You know, because it's good. And uh, and like so, the one I'm making fun of staying alive, like. It is because it is uniquely uh, 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 narcissistic and uh, and empty in a way that I think is really revealing. Not because I hate '80s movies, for instance, or not because I hate the kind of music that's, or even that I hate dance. Because I'm going to say, I fucking love great dance. And when I saw this movie, when I must have been like twelve, like it blew my mind. I was like, oh my oh, god! Yeah, I love this album. Yeah, it's just incredible. Like, like this is like which, just, which, uh, staying, staying alive? alive. I saw Sam Alive when, when I was like twelve or thirteen years old. Oh no, I I didn't see it then. I didn't. I'm talking about the first one. And oh, I remember right. being really excited coming out of the theater. Like it was just re like a revelation to me. And I think that like there is a like I said like there's a childlike uh, there's a childlike honesty to the love of itself that it is selling you. And so there's something there too that is actually enjoyable. It's just when you look at it in the context of what it it is following, you're just like, oh my god, this is this is it. I didn't even I could not have known what uh, a contradiction this was, and so I see it very differently now. But I can't say that it's not like this is an energetic movie, and Travolta is is fascinating in it. Like I'm not going to diss Travolta in this movie. He's he carries super talented. Yeah, like he's he's really legitimately grand. Man.
Yeah. And and uh, like after this, uh, his career kind of fell apart. You know, after and then Travolta long. brought him back. And, uh, and, and like, well, that's. The, like, I mean, his, not Travolta. Uh, yeah, Tarantino. Tarantino. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Tarantino brought Travolta back. Brought yeah. Travolta back because he's innately a he's he is he said, super he's the greatest cool. American actor. He should be working because he was doing what about Baby or something like that. Yeah, some bullshit. Oh yeah, Baby. Yeah. Uh, uh, talk, look who's t- talking. Look who's talking. Right. Yeah. Oh, God, that's right. And so, like, I've, I've, I'm, I've always been a Travolta fan, and sort of like with Nicolas Cage, where you just sort of just have to, you have to wait it out because people don't like, even when he does something great, like he's going to hit a, a swale again, you know, like that's yeah. just the way it's going to work out, and you just have to hold on, you know, like Cage has a new movie out called Pig, which is supposed to be brilliant, and he's supposed to be brilliant in it, and I, I bet it's true. And people are starting to turn around on the idea of like, he made so many bad movies in a row that people are like, oh, he's a shit actor that's in shit movies. But here's the thing. Uh, well, you haven't heard, but actually Frank Stallone has done the soundtrack. So let's not rush. <laughs> it's not rush to judgment on Pig. I, I will, I totally, I, I will, I will happily. If he, if Frank Stallone has turned it around, I'm into it, man. I'm totally down. Hey, so, Stallone turned it around. I think Stallone's great. What is Stallone up to these days? Uh, I think he's making another... He's directing something, actually, I think. One second. Yeah, I know that he lost his son and he yeah, did, went yeah, through a lot of crap. Hard stuff, man. Uh, okay, Stallone so Stallone, IMDb. He is directing. I know he's directing something. Oh, and he's also... I mean, he's in um, Suicide Squad. Right now, apparently, he's absolutely hysterical. Okay, he's uh, he plays the he plays the voice of Sharkman, and uh, and he's leaning hard into you know the Sil- Sylvester Stallone-ness of it. Right. Uh, That's so, yeah. so cool. He is do- he is directing a movie called Tough as They Come. Uh, right now, Over the Top was about uh, arm wrestling, right? That's right, Over the Top. He's a trucker who. Yep. Gets in the arm wrestling circuit. Uh, He's always see. looking out for number one, baby. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, yeah. Nobody. I, this doesn't look like it's actually in production yet. But I trust him. I like him, and uh, yeah, I think that it's like there's a there's a moment in Stand Alive that uh, that I think is iconic, right? Of the movie and of everything we're saying is when Travolta is walking down the street in the beginning. And he bumps into Stallone and they look at each other. And Stallone is wearing this sort of big fuzzy coat or something. And they're looking at each other like, aren't we a couple of badasses? And I'm just like, uh-huh. what is happening? <laughs> like when, they, when they set up that shot, what was going on in their minds? It's oh, I missed idea. that. Oh, it's there, dude. Yeah. yeah. Stallone, like they yeah, bump, yeah. It's, it's so great. Because like, it's yeah, not- they just they just think they're hot shit, man. It's just crazy. It's, but it's, it's it's as if they're trying to create that 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 scene from Heat with uh with um uh, uh you know uh, Pacino. But it, yeah, it's, yeah, but it's, it's Stallone and and Travolta. You know, like but, looking at them together in the same frame. And I'm just yes. Like, what? <laughs> what are you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> like especially in that it's a like the scene itself is essentially like a recontextualization of the first movie. Of the strut strut scene that opens. Oh no 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 no! It's also the end the end scene in Staying Alive. It's like oh my oh, god, you missed tremendous. the whole you missed the whole fucking like nothing says you missed the whole point like that last scene. Oh my god, it's get, talk about it. Describe this to people. This is incredible. Well, I, I mean, might as well skip. Uh, we'll go to the end get on to thing, it, yeah. but, but we'll talk. We'll uh, okay. I'll just, basically, he 
wins. He wins. He wins, he wins the show. Wins, he wins the show <laughs> because I didn't know it was a competition. <laughs> but like, 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 basically, like, like Rocky, right? Yeah, right? right. He wins right. the title fight, and uh, and they're like, "This is awesome!" And they're all so excited. And says, "What are you going to do?" Because like, oh, we're all gonna, you know, partying here backstage and drinking champagne. What are you gonna do? It's like, I'm going to strut, is what he says yeah, out loud. Strut. But he did that in the first movie where he just takes off too. I understand. Yes, yeah, sure, but yeah. but contextually you missed the point. Yeah, and then he goes outside and they play the song of the beginning <laughs> of the first movie, which was put things in context about him as a character. But all they do is have him strut, and all the shots are. About seventy-five percent of shots are a super close-up of his ass, ass and yes, his crotch. Yes, yes it's so a good. tight crotch with a big bulge in it, yeah. and that's it. It's like, it's, oh, this is what yeah, this. That's about. Chippendales. They wanted that Chippendales <laughs> moment. It's so, it's so good. It's like, really? It's so good. It's but like that's eighties, I guess. You know, the fir the first movie is like this scene is like there's a it is a scene that's happening. Like it has a thing that wants it has to a happen. story being it has told. A story that's being told. And this is and the, like, no no there is a story being told. The yes. story being told is, well, hopefully you like this as much as you like the first one. So we'll give you some more of that. Exactly. That's the story that they told. Well, I think they assumed because the first one did so well that they can just, you know, do those shots that you just talked about because there's, there's a built-in audience, but there, but there isn't. There is nothing better than, there's nothing more like, and by better, I mean horrifying. There's nothing better than someone doing a lap around the track when they've blown it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what what are you doing again again that's like that embarrassing moment like with uh you know will ferrell and talladega nights or whatever you know what i mean like it's just like oh god just just it's stop. so wild it's so wild. like the movie the movie is such it's like i like stand alive is more than the first film such a cautionary tale it's like nothing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It's like anyone who is on the verge of great success should watch Staying Alive because the, you have to be able to say like, don't forget. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> Someone made this on purpose. Yeah. Right. And they thought they made something awesome. It is amazing. Like it's like, it's, it's amazing to me. And it's like, and, and in, and in that, like I have, um, uh, I like, Pull back on my mockery for a second. Like there's something. Pull back on my mockery. <laughs> like there's something genuinely lovable about it. Like I, it's like it's not like I haven't been that asshole. Like I've totally made this mistake. Yeah. Like like I I, I have I have been like I mean ask anybody who knows me like uh, I have been a fucking horrible cocky giant jerk off like for long stretches of time i may be doing it now <laughs> but like i watched that and i was like i feel simultaneously uh uh like embarrassed and also in touch with what is happening because i know what it's like to sort of wipe out so grandly as this for sure and i think everybody does but yeah. like like it is a like it is the fact that it's done so earnestly is really is sort of like it has a weird beauty to it 
because the movie could not be more earnest in what it is doing. It believes in itself so unironically and uh, and so thoroughly uh, that the fact that uh, it's the the fact that it's it, it it's a mess. Like it's not even on its radar. Like the, the, it, it's like it, this is this is Wiley Coyote strutting straight off the cliff, and he hasn't fallen yet because he hasn't realized what is happening. Right. And uh, and in uh, that moment, well, it's just like you feel that in the very very ending shot when it's just like, like because you can see Travolta breaks in the frame in the freeze frame. And they that's where they freeze on. Like he sort of like laughs. Like isn't that a lark? And I'm like, that is the one second of self-awareness they had. Like they, they look back and are like, what the fuck are we really doing here? And that's the last frame of the movie, literally yeah. the freeze frame of the movie. The freeze frame. And, yeah. uh, and I think that that is what that's the cherry on the Sunday where you just go, Oh my God. So just when they put it together, they're like, Oh no. Well, we I want to, <laughs> I'm going to, I want to, I want to get, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I need to use the restroom. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually, it's good timing. We're going to do another break and then we're actually going to go through some of the, the, ridiculous scenes in staying alive because i think they're worth discussing <laughs> I'll, I'll, read, I'll read frank stallone lyrics while we yeah do it. okay and then the, the 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 actual play oh my god uh, <sighs> yeah let's let, we'll right. get to it it's all right good. all right so anyway let's go get going okay well two minute ad and we'll be right back in two minutes uh and appreciate it but you guys keep talking because uh some people who are subscribers do not get ads so you got that's you, right you, you have to be pervy to so the inside stuff. scoop on martini that's giant i right. would do that right. here it is all right here we stuff go happens and start now <clears throat> yeah it's uh i still liked it i still oh, really it's, it's it. highly enjoyable it's a, it's like actually i would say the second half is really the first half is like a bit of, it's like it's such a grind We'll get to it. That's just like the the second half is where it really it just gets so crazy. I just couldn't. It's the supply. It's the show. It's yeah. Dumb. Once you once you get to Satan's Alley, I can't wait to talk about that stuff. What so what? And what what have you been watching, or uh, what's the last thing you've seen that you liked? Um, <clears throat> I have been watching. Uh, I'm rewatching The Sopranos. Oh, nice. And um, I have been watching movies that are. Uh, like Bogdanovich stuff. Oh yeah. And then hitting um You just rewatched Paper Moon, which we talked about. Yeah. Huh? And um what else? It's Sopranos, Paper Moon, and uh oh, there was something else in the in the new oh, I did the neo noir on Criterion. It's what oh, I've yeah. been doing. I did so a couple I, myself, would you would yeah. you watch? I have to look it up. I forget. I'm not that bright. Um but That's there was good. um good. one of them was the hit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did, which I uh, love. Which I it was okay, but I do love Terrence Stamp so much. Yeah, he's great. He's always great. It's always a pleasure. I did. So, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, a cutter's a cutter's way. Yes, uh, which I'm, I'm a giant fan of. What an incredibly fucking weirdo movie that is. That's a strange, strange. Movie. I remember that great. as a kid. So I'm actually going to do yeah. that again. I yeah, I'd um, like to talk to you about that one. That's that's a really weird movie. I like I love I really loved it. And I did uh, Night Moves, which I always love. Night Moves, yeah, I like Night Moves. Yeah, that's that's great. That really upsetting movie. The awesomely upsetting. Movie. Fifteen seconds. We're back. There's Ten seconds. I'm just we, in time. Nice. There we go. Uh, yeah, we we were just going through the uh, Criterion neo noir that we've both been watching. Uh, ah. It's a great collection uh, on the Criterion channel. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Looks pretty. 
Pretty oh, good. brother! Yeah. If you want, if you want some good business, man, that's uh, actually. I'm just gonna take a quick look at that while we're still talking about it. Um, yeah, let's look at the list. Well, I just want to look brief, brief look at the list. Like the 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 front page only lists a few of the great ones. I just want to take a look. So this has uh, talk about Travolta. It has Blow Up, which I love. Yep. Uh, I don't see. Yeah, you don't like Blow Up. I'm, I'm, that's actually my second favorite. I I don't uh, like De Palma as a director. That's why. Yeah. Oh, I'm, you liked you liked the other one. Blow out. No, you like blow out. Obviously. Oh no, no I'm no. sorry. Blow out is blow what I'm up, I like blow, you. To, blow, blow out. out I don't yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. That's actually my 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 second favorite of his. I'm. I haven't really been big on him for most of my life. I have reappreciated some of his movies, and I like them a lot more. The one movie I've always loved from him, De Palma, is uh, is his most pop movie, which is uh, The Untouchables, which I think is one of the great. Like, uh, that's one of my favorite 80s movies, and I can't believe people don't talk about it. The Palma, then De Palma did Dress to Kill as well, right? Yeah. And that's Dress pretty, to Kill, uh, Body Double. Uh, Body Double, yeah. Carlito's Way. Carlito's Way. It's the only one I like. Yeah, which also, yeah, it's a great one too. That's a great one too. But yeah, like just, just take a look at this list. We're not we're not uh, sponsored by Criterion, but I love talking about them. Uh, uh, we are not sponsored by Criterion, but we absolutely think Criterion is a fantastic uh, choice for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's worth the, uh, it's worth the, the the chunk of change. However, however, I should note uh, that that people are realizing the value of films on Criterion, and and HBO has some fantastic films that are Criterion level as oh, well. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Right, because HBO HBO Max has a massively good collection. Additionally, yeah. actually, Amazon Prime is starting to get some really interesting little films that are kind of. And Amazon is definitely, I mean, I'm getting a huge amount. Suddenly I'm getting all these ads on, 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 or, or articles sent to me about like hidden gems on Amazon prime. And I looked at them and was like, holy shit, these are really, yeah, good, films. Some really good movies. In there. Yeah. Really good stuff. What I like about criterion channel is that it finds these great ways of putting them into little chunks into these yes. little collections. Yeah. Uh, and obviously they have a lot of added value stuff, which I, I don't take enough advantage of. The yeah, I've only stuff. recently really started watching the extras that they that they put up there. Like right. I was just watching the I was I I, uh, I was just watching the extras on the um on Solaris the uh, Tarkovsky Solaris. They have a commentary mm-hmm. version of it, and like the commentary is generally pretty good. But it it did have the dumbest thing I have ever heard a legit film critic say in my life is on that commentary. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about at all. <laughs> Well, so I encourage people to I encourage people to watch that one just because they're gonna hit, you're gonna be like oh this is really good very interesting and suddenly they just lay out right. this whole idea and you're just like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> it's really it's pretty entertaining all by itself <laughs> but yeah no they do have a lot and their their neo noir collection has uh, good god it's it good long goodbye Chinatown night moves farewell my love the killing of a Chinese bucky American yeah. friend and uh, big sleep uh, onion field body heat blah, blah, I, blah, onion blah, field blah, I like. Oh my God! It's got it's got so much shit. Manhunter, Mona Lisa. Manhunter is what I just watched the other night oh, again. Manhunter, yes. Manhunter is awesome. I haven't seen that in a long Man, time. Man, there it is. Yeah, I'm, he's my he's Manhunter, which was uh, the prequel to uh, Signs of the Lambs. Uh, Signs of the Lambs. Yep. Yeah. Man, he's, he's, he's my man. Director. Yeah, man is my man. Man is man is. I would say it is fair to say he is my favorite director of all time. He is, uh, mm. yeah. I'm, oh, I know. I'm not asking people to agree. I'm just saying mm. you better expect it when I when appreciate his are, when words are coming out of my mouth. That's where those words are going to go. That's yeah. where they lead. But uh, but yeah, Manhunter has uh, the original version of Hannibal Lecter played by Brian Cox, who is that's right, who is terrific. Uh, and I would say that 
that Manhunter is a is the best version of the Red Dragon story, which they've made like three times now. Right. Uh, yes, it is. You're it's right. Really fucking. Yep. Great. Yep. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, because everyone tried to remake Red Dragon to be like like a, a, a Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it's just not. And that. it just doesn't work because Manhunter is very different feeling than Silence of the Lambs. Absolutely. Yes. It's and Manhunter much- is the only film that that efficiently used in Gala de Vida. Oh As God, a... it's great! Yes, that is the great use of Inacada Divina, and it's That's also a... the great. It's the one of the two great uses of William Peterson. Also, uh, that guy who plays the killer. No, the guy. No, who no, plays William the main Peterson. Guy. What yeah. happened to the guy that played the killer? He's uh, he's still in stuff. He's actually a playwright. That guy is. Uh, I can't think of his name. Ted something. He's in. You see him in a lot of movies. He's in, he's in Heat as well. He plays a, a side character in Heat. Oh, he's the guy in the wheelchair. He's the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. So really, no, really he's not. Is yeah, he? he is. He is. He absolutely. Is. Okay. Um, but he is. Uh, yeah, he's terrific. He's a playwright. Do you know who I used to go see in New York? Um, I just thought of him was uh, Spalding Gray. Oh, oh I saw yeah. Spal- yeah. I saw Spalding I Gray. I saw Spalding Gray in in Houston doing his uh, one of his uh, monologues, um, which was a very odd one. Especially can you, you compare it to swimming Monster in a Box or, Cam- or Swimming to Cambodia? Mm-hmm. Those were fantastic. The other, it was weird because he started to quote unquote become a family man a little bit, which was right. a little odd uh, for for Spalding Gray to talk about family life and mm-hmm. and and you know having sex with his wife with kids in the house which is a strange conversation to have with Spalding Gray <laughs> but it wasn't long after that that he committed suicide so i yep. don't know if that lifestyle really sort of worked for him it, yeah it, uh, did he drown himself or he jumped, he off, a bridge? He jumped off a bridge or something he oh. definitely committed suicide uh, but he was great however i will say that one of the greatest performances of Spalding Gray in a movie not as a monologue was actually in uh short was it True Stories. Yes. With David Burns with David yes. Bird, the David Bird film where he plays the mayor of the town. Which I legendarily have not seen yet. Oh Still, my God. I, he describes the world economy using the vegetables on the table. And it is absolutely <laughs> incredible. We may have to take a look at that one next. That, that's, that's been on the table for a long time. And oh, you know what? That's true. This is a child. You have famously not seen that film. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And every time it comes up, you're like, I can't believe okay, it. You know what? You can, okay. Well, it's going on the Slack Hold list. On. There we go. In the, in the meantime, while we wait, I'm going to say, Alan Schneller, yes, hell yes, Mission Impossible 1 is a great Brian De Palma film. And I remember that was my first real experience with a massive disconnect between what I thought about a movie and what everyone thought of, what everyone else thought about a movie. I was like, that's right. I have the film book. Insane. And then everyone I have the film book of true stories. Oh, I got to see this. Yes. Yes. uh, I'll look for it someday and bring it up. This may be, this may be, this may be, uh, 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 you know, an emergency podcast situation that we have to do. (laughs) It's gotta be done. It's gotta be done. Well, I mean, here's something, here's something we have never talked about, right? Is that, there are movies, there are great films, I think, that, that, that we have not seen. Individ- as individuals, we have not seen, right? Mm-hmm. It might be worth doing a uh, watch party if we spot a movie like that on a, in a watch party situation where you actually get to see, like, here's Chris's reaction to this movie, which oh, we like, 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 we were, like we were doing like with the, with the, uh, 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 Clockwork Orange. Yes, exactly. Like to actually get that on film right. and say like, oh shit, here it is. He has never seen this. Dan Thron has never seen True Stories. Like let's let's hey, get there. Did you right. see that? Yeah, you have to watch True Stories. Is is not like like Clockwork Orange would have been amazing for me to do that. Yes. Absolutely, but uh, True Stories is it's 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 very subtle. 
and it's it's oh, yeah it's just what i'm all about you know i'm not about that and as he says he screams in the microphone like yeah no but that's the thing it's like there was something that's very popular with the youtubes today is to do reaction videos reaction videos right and uh and i think that like it's it's awesome i think the the stance of reaction videos generally now is like is the idea of people who haven't seen something that are uh, they, you know like normally younger people who haven't seen like the thing or something like this um but there's very little old idiots like myself uh watching something that they should have fucking seen years ago <laughs> and i think right. that, that is an entire thing that would that that could be done i know there are movies out there that i have not seen that people it is not available on prime so okay. that's not an option right now well, but well, we should discuss this there's we should discuss this but i actually think it's going to be important we are going to get back to staying alive uh but quickly can i just point something out before yeah. you continue chris i sent an email out today about doing a show called the six degrees of sayas oh yes did you did you <laughs> did so. you put it on a slack <laughs> no i forgot how <laughs> i did it, it. But, but it was called the six i came up with it today the six degrees of say us if we try dr. to take dr says dr says dr says i'm sorry i'm just keep singing oh, the, the dr says musical that was on the on the simpsons dr says dr says who did play you made a monkey out of me Okay, I'm gonna, I need to correct myself. Who played Dr. Zayas? Let's see. Uh, Dr. Zayas was played by Maurice Evans. Yes, I should have known. Okay. Maurice Evans. I, I, I misspoke and said Ronnie McDowell, who plays uh, one of the other two main characters. Actually, arguably, two of the main, two of the main, main eight characters. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, we could do Six Degrees of Zayas would, uh, would be pretty great. All right, yeah. I'm going to try to get through the general plot line of... Uh, staying alive as quickly as possible so we can it. nitpick all the hilarious pieces after that so the general thing is he he lives in manhattan now mm -hmm. he is uh he's a he is a uh works at a dance studio as an instructor part-time to try to earn some money but he's really trying to get on the chorus line on broadway right uh opens the opening scene which is hilarious is like it's all about their crazy crazy fucking 80s dance outfits with their headbands and their leg warmers and all the other crazy shit that's going on uh the, the guys with clipboard come on guy, guy yelling and screaming at them the guy the, with the clipboard in the beginning is clarence boddicker from robocop it is clarence boddicker <laughs> from robocop like, he also is the he is also the dad from that 70s show yes Yes, and, and he's only in that opening scene. I was so disappointed. I was like, "Do do we find a great uh, Clarence Butter Butterker movie?" No, he's only in it for a minute. But he's only in it for a minute, beautiful. and and he's yelling and screaming, and they're all smoking, which is yes. hilarious as well. Yes. Heavy smoking, heavy heavy smoking going on yep. in this film because that's how you are serious. In the film. That's how you're a serious dancer is you smoke, right? <laughs> that's crazy, right. right? And so a lot of freeze for and the, the whole the whole opening is a big title sequence, lots of crazy dancing moves, eighties very eighties dancing moves, yes, uh, and and freeze frames uh, as as the titles come up, as uh, the titles yep. come up, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, super sexy. Uh, super sexy. If you were looking at the camera, the the, the primary. And by the way, the, the, the title the title of "Staying Alive" that comes up right at the beginning is the most garish look oh, of a title. And it roars uh, right at you. It's like right. da, 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 da. it's like bam. It's like Jaws 3D. It just like, yeah, like it fired it out of a cannon at the camera, mm -hmm. and like See what's it. really like the <laughs> so amazing. And also, I mean, like, and you can't like it is uh, like starting in a movie with uh with 
that much energy like it's cutting so fast and the music is so driving and then the the titles come in and slam right up in your face but you see that's exactly what the executive meeting was i want high energy i want guys with clipboards i want headbands like yeah you feel like you're on a disney ride it's like there's no fucking around we are entertaining you now and it's like that is right no no hold no holds barred there's even a hint of one of the dancers taking amphetamines it was like you know it was there yeah, yeah, guaranteed, man. Yeah, it's a it was slightly it was a, different world than the first. It was the thing. <laughs> so it's basically realized like he is trying to dance. He's trying to get onto the chorus line of thing, which is, by the way, like you said, the most cliche thing possible to talk yes. about, right? Anyway, so so that 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 happens, and uh, and then he 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 goes back. You realize he's working at the dance studio. He's friends with another girl. This you know the girl next door look to her, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, she is going to be uh, going to, in a play. He goes to visit her at a uh, at this play or at this Broadway musical, which he thinks is fabulous, and it looks like shit when I see it. Like it really looks terrible. But he's right. like, "Wow, this is so glamorous!" Is like this looks terrible. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she's in the chorus of that or, or of that play, uh, and uh, he's a little jealous of her, but he's still sleeping with her. And she's, mm-hmm. she adores him. That's the thing, right? That's the same kind of weird thing that's going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he is enamored by this, of uh, the main, the, the lead uh, uh, dancer woman, uh, who's English woman. And he tries to hit on her and he's rejected. Okay, so, ah, so here's the thing. We're just going to do exactly what they did on the first film. He's going to, there's going to be a girl who's very classy mm-hmm. and he's going to miss, miss the boat. And that's right. the thing, right? So right. it's like, you know, poor boy meets rich girl scenario it's she's just, so classy the classy she's actually british too it's like it's oh yeah yeah no she's got the guy. british accent to yeah, really right. forget to, tea we yeah, got exactly. a real brit here yeah, that's, right. A real brit. <laughs> that's right yeah no, fucking around oh whole my different god island. <laughs> yeah it's a whole different all island. this when you're beating all this to the the rocking beats of frank stallone right. it's, yeah. a, it's a lethal it's a lethal combo it right. really is yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just getting, it's just getting so okay. All right, so <laughs> he backfires, and then, uh, you know, he tries to get into the chorus, and she's doing a new play or a new, uh, a new musical or whatever. That first of all, I have to ask a question. That in, I'm, I know I'm skipping to the end. That entire piece. Oh wait, you're doing what I do. What? What's happening here? Uh, I like thought, I, like I thought, you know, I've been to Broadway musicals. They're musicals, and usually involves. Not just dancing, but singing and singing, acting. Story. And it's a story. Yeah, there's a This just looks learn. like they tried to do some fucked up ballet that's not a ballet. Yeah, exactly. So it's randomly do something on stage. People Yeah, but that. it's yeah. all about dancing. Yeah. That right. like, you know, yeah. Uh, okay. It's all interpretive dance. It's all 80s. It's all interpretive but dance. It's in Starlight Express. It's like it's, a Starlight it, Extu- Express kind of yeah, it's like, like what the fuck is going stupid. on? It, 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 hey, it's it just has really less story stupid. than Starlight Express. It's amazing. How is it even possible? Right. It's so, an inverse story. So so yes. So anyway, uh, so they're they're doing th- this, and he's you know uh, the woman, the English woman, rejects him, calls him an idiot. He keeps trying and pursuing and pursuing, chattering, blah blah blah. But anyway, she ends up saying, "Yeah, I'm going to sleep with you." Actually. Um, and so she sleeps with him and then pushes him away. Says, oh, you should leave now because that's what she wants to do. She wants to use him and abuse him. What, I'm just a piece of meat? Really? Yeah. Oh, piece of meat. Yeah. <laughs> and at which point he has this, the, the, the girl who really loves him, the real girl, she keeps feeling rejected because he keeps blowing her off because he's going to pursue this other woman. Right. Right. 
written. Which is, of course, you know, what's going on here. Anyway, uh, so so this is just keeps going and going and going. I just, I just, I, this film is terrible. Uh, and then, uh, so basically there's this duality between the two, uh, the two women uh, that are happening. He ends up finally, finally saying, you know what? I have to reject the bad English woman and accept the girl next door who's loved me this whole time right. and be with her. Right. Right. Yes. And he finally decided, and she takes him back again. Again. <laughs> even though he's been such a douchebag to her the whole time. It's okay. And, and yes. Oh, and they also do try to make the scene about, oh, he's also working as a cocktail waiter at a, at a, at a, at a club. Which is like being a waiter. At, it was like 54. That's yeah, exactly it's like, what it was. Right. It was supposed to be like Club 54 or whatever. And so they're like and Studio every girl, 54. And that's where the big money was, too, for right. those waiters. Right, right. right. Yeah, that's was, exactly. Was, they, was, yeah, having sex because with people. Because having sex with, with the clients, yeah. Yes, exactly. Which would make an extremely good movie. Like, that is... like Again, that is, if they capitalized on that. Oh, my God. Can you fucking imagine how good this movie would be if they had just made a movie? <laughs> yeah, if they, they if they made it like Boogie Nights, right? Oh my God, dude! Yeah, there's a movie here to be made, without a doubt. What if we remade it? What if we remade it? What if we yeah. took Staying Alive and we Staying remade alive. it? And we, and like you tell a story where he literally just ends up as a as a, as a male prostitute. Exactly uh, where he's at. like the, he's on the he gets fired from being a backup dancer and ends up like you know uh, Mark, yeah, Mark Midnight Mark Cowboy. Truck. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. Midnight> Cowboy. <laughs> Turned it into Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's, oh, you yeah, got out of Brooklyn movie. and you were famous there. Now yeah, like, you're a whore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, and you start the movie like, and then this is what you do. It's like you you play a, a completely realistic. Uh, like he gets a job, he's back at dancer, blah blah blah, and everything starts looking bad. And at the moment where it's like it's looking looking pretty bad, but it hasn't gone really south yet. Well, like, actually, no. We have, like, he becomes he he starts prostituting himself, and he goes to sleep, and then he has a dream that is the entirety of staying alive. And then at the end, like when it freeze frames, it cuts back into our movie. I guess, no, that's bullshit and didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. This entire movie is a dream sequence. Now back to incredible yeah. depression. But it, and then when he wakes up, you realize his roommate is Frank Stallone. He's Frank right, Stallone right, the right. entire time. <laughs> so I also should note that his, 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 uh, his quote unquote good girlfriend uh -huh. The girl next door, girlfriend, right? The blonde. Uh, she's also singing in a band, which I believe was Frank Stolen band, uh, band, or at least he's part of the band in that area. Sure. I don't know whatever's yeah. going. He's part of the he's part of the band, right? And she is singing a song, obviously written by Frank Stallone, about how he has wronged her, right? Mm -hmm. And she is supposed to be crying as she's doing that, yeah. but you can clearly tell that it's glycerin that they painted uh -huh. on her yeah. face. Yes. And it just looks like what the fuck's up with her face, and it's got this <laughs> weird line and a drop that's halfway down her cheek and doesn't move, sticking, sticking, <laughs> sticking there like super glue on her face. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, okay. yeah. Anyway, so so that that happens, and so uh, so anyways, finally, uh, he asks. Oh, the he asks his current the good girlfriend. Because oh the the he while he's a backup dancer in this play the director is hating the lead male right. dancer yeah. right who's who's I don't know comes off as very uh, uh, gay 
and and a mean like it seems homophobic a little bit about yeah, a little bit i would say it's a, slightly it's a, right but anyway he's like what do you mean i'm not good enough what am i doing it's like he's just you know it's not working he's a, so he's Tra- a diva yeah right. yeah he's a diva and diva. travolta decides i am going to try to take that role i think i can do it so oh and this is like the uh i think we can call um we can call uh, uh staying alive the the most montages per second of any movie it's like wild dude. there's so many montages of feet of slow motion dancing mm-hmm. shots and, and yeah and the music comes in it's just like the worst moments yeah it's, it's like just, not it's like the drenched with music it's so yeah. terrible and and inappropriate like wrong log wrong wrong music not <laughs> tempo, working exactly 100%, tempo yeah. is not right it's like it's like the editing and the music is not working at all so finally, uh, she decides she's going to help him, and he—you just see a long montage of them slow motion dancing to whatever, and this is supposed to be him practicing for the lead role. At which point, the director has another yelling match with the couple dancing, the the mm-hmm. woman and the man, uh, and uh, the lead woman who is the English woman, and then the 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 the, the, the diva male dancer. And it's like God, I just, just take a break. And she, the woman says, "Is there anything I've done?" It's like, "No, it's not you." Yeah, it was so like, oh, specific, like so specifically done. So, you know, it's so not specifically. her. No, it's not her. Clearly, it's the other person. Yeah. This is your chance, Mister Travolta, to go up to or Tony to go up and see this guy. And so he talks about it in the hallway about how he wants to take over for the role and the little one. And it's this ridiculous thing. So he tries for it. He fucks it up the yep. first time. And he walks out. He's like, I can never do it. And then the guy's like, Ah, that's you know, it's so whatever. That's not the so Tony I know. That's, that's not, not the Tony, Tony, I, Tony know. I know. And then he walks back through the door and gives it another try and totally nails it. The woman is like surprised and also scared and also angry at him, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have this weird relationship. And he's, she's always, you know, I think the tone that they're trying to do is she's always like to use him as a plaything, and suddenly he's now. Uh, taking over and dominating over her, which she's right. not happy about. But that goes back to the theme that I feel like here. It's like, I, you know, I'm not just a plaything, guys. I'm part of the. You can't podcast. just bat me around and expect. Yeah, me to Dan. Yeah, it's very true. Shut the fuck up, Eric. Eric, we're it's talking. Like, it's the, a the are talking right now, Eric. Like a child that walks he into hit, a theater. He hit my hair. He hit my hair. <laughs> 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 but uh so so anyway so he de- takes over he's like okay now now he goes from that to the lead i was like what the fuck has he become the lead and i realized like oh you know broadway plays chorus usually because they're great dancers but they can't really act or sing that's what i thought mm. right? right but no in this world um, <laughs> in the world yeah. of staying alive and Alan, you said uh, you love, love Eric's input, always has the zingers. And you're absolutely correct, Alan, in that's saying true. that. And that's why we make fun of him, because that brings out the zingers. <laughs> <That's right. I'm laughs> we are fishing the, the wine without <laughs> squeezing the grapes. <laughs> am, am I always doing the zingers? I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Most times, if I do a little preview of the show before, it's always an Eric zinger that goes in no, there. Yeah. Easily, easily yeah. so, easily so. And also, Eric is one of my closest <laughs> friends. So uh, uh, that's uh, that's you know. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves there. Let's get back to the show, Chris. <laughs> yeah. You are you are you are my you are my you are my dance partner. I'll tell you that. That's, that's lovely. Uh, anyway, so oh oh by the way, at one point they have to explain the play 
at one point. This was another great little piece of that mm -hmm. because it's like when you watch the play, you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But so they, he yells at them at one point during their rehearsal and is like, do you not understand what this play is about? It is about this, 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 yeah. and this. It's about That's people that are in hell, hell all being eventually go to heaven. And I'm like, oh, okay. They have to explain it because it makes no fucking sense when you watch it. The worst it. part for the whole movie for me is just the mother. That's my son. Like, how, do you, how do you know to do that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's so God. ridiculous. It's like, please. There is a scene, right? So at one point during the quote-unquote low of his life when he, like the girl, all everyone rejected him. He failed at something. There's This is one other part of the movie. And he walks back to, somehow walks back to his old neighborhood, right? Right. And he walks, you walk, and you know this because he walks past Odyssey, uh, 20, 2001 Odyssey uh, nightclub, That's which a is a pretty long ass walk. <laughs> yeah, it's a long walk. No, yeah, you got to walk across the, the one of the lo the longest bridges in the world uh, yeah. to get there. Yeah, but um, sixty three streets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Literally yeah. walk to a different borough. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Across, I'm walk most back. of Manhattan and to cross the bridge and into the yeah, it's never up. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, we'll do that. Anyway, so uh, and then he he hangs out his mom, which is honestly speaking, is like one of the. Even though I think there's a lot of problems with that scene, it was the closest feeling of the first movie. Yeah, in yeah. some and ways. Like, yeah, it's like you know, like I like because I brought it up before. Like that, what's curious about the scene is that this is the most uh, direct the audience uh, audience uh, no, no, like the most direct they're getting. Yeah, exactly. This is like this is as straightforward as they're being about anything. Is the mom who's a great actor uh, speaking openly to her son, like and right. just saying, "Here's how it is. Here's the theme," and you just go, "I get it. I totally get it." And that's kind of weird. <laughs> like, it's strange that this is what it, this movie is intentionally saying, but I'm glad that at least it's being delivered honestly by a very good actor. Like that's that really really stands out. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, but she does give the wrong message. Like you got to be an asshole to be, do, yes. do well in this world because yeah. you know look at Donald Trump and look at all the amazing things that he's done and all the <laughs> real estate that he's been able to achieve. And that's the goal in life, you that's know. It. I do remember. Okay, so think about this. I went to I went to college. Uh, so my freshman year in college, nineteen eighty nine, right? And uh, I went to Colgate, upstate New York. And uh, I didn't sort of realize at the time, but it was a fairly conservative. A lot of people who wanted to be stockbrokers went to that sure, school, right. or whatever. And there was guys at that time. You know, I had the posters in your in your room, right? And you had the poster of of uh, what's her name? Farrah was Fawcett. the Farrah Fawcett? Thank you. Uh, before that, guys had uh, posters in their room of big, ridiculous McMansions with garage doors open and like five sports cars in the garage. Ah, man, that's that was their poster. That was the life. Did that you they feel out of place when your posters were like Richard Simmons? <laughs> Dude, come on. I didn't I didn't I know I didn't I didn't have I had I I did not look down on those people. I was like this is I guess There's this is what the goal here. I guess <laughs> this is what the goal of life is is to try to be rich and have all those sports cars. Right. Cuz but but that is the in the you know if by the late 80s that was the goal. Yeah, it's completely yeah. just Reagan Reaganism to an, an extreme, right? So right. it was like, 
Well, yeah, because uh, yeah. like, I think that that's the like the, the the really fascinating part of the movie is like normally like I haven't seen Cats, for instance. I believe the Cats is probably oh, just as bad as people say that it is. It's really the death like, of hope. The like I I it seems to me my experience of Cats would be actually quite unpleasant because there's like these are like that is ma- that seems to be made by folks that like it seems like a very calculated. But movie. Cats had lyrics, right? Those songs, Cats and lyrics. yeah, okay, songs, okay, right. But like the the like the movie looks like a heavily calculated event, and it is calculated with the uh, with one thing in mind, which is people are not or are not very bright, and they'll put up with this. Right. <laughs> like I think that's the. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen this movie. So well, hold on. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. That's exactly what people who like cats said about disco. Yeah, it's yeah, okay, fair, right? So like the but like the, <laughs> No, yeah, I like, think the people from who like disco kind of rolled into cats. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you think like, so? Like, yeah. I I'm not against yeah, cats. Yeah, I, I can I, see that. I am not a, I mean be 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 very specific. I'm not against cats the musical. I'm talking about cats the movie, which looks like mm-hmm. a very very uh like it's a bad plot. idea. It's a bad idea, and it's like, but it doesn't have to be a bad idea. You could have made a good movie out of it. There's no reason not to. Like, but there's something arrogant about what I saw that put me off. I don't know if it's true in the actual movie, but in the advertising, I was like, this feels like the people that made this expect me to just fucking take it, you know? Yep. And that's why I'm not going to see it. That's why I'm not interested, and why I, you know, when when it failed, I was like, well, good. I hope that proves something to the studios. Now, I may be wrong. It may be a great movie. But uh, but the attitude that came along with the advertising it was cynical, right? And that's what I didn't like. So what is interesting about Stan Alive is that it is zero percent cynical. Like this is <laughs> no, not it, a it, cynical. It, it thinks it thinks it thinks it is awesome. It one hundred percent believes everything that it is saying, yep. and it's only that what it is saying is hallucinatorily bad. Yep. That it it that it knocks you. Out, out of out of the picture yeah. like it's just confusing like when the mom sits down in that scene and, and explains the theme of the movie like this isn't an ironic scene in which the mom is sort of like saying something you're like oh that's terrible advice and it's so sad like you're expected to go right she's right here's the mom and she's saying it so correct and i was like whoa you guys are like you're on, on some other some other world some other world and right and and the, the movie like embraces that so thoroughly that it is having the good time that I am unable to have with it. And the only way to have the good time is to see what a good time they are having. Like it's the it's it's the meta step up and out that will make this a very, very enjoyable movie for people. But yeah. it is it is absolutely an external event. That's all there is to it. Well that that mom scene, well, as soon as I got to that, I was like, that's what's happening. Yeah, like this, yep. this, the, these people have a different movie in mind and have a different belief system than I do, and and uh, and they're just trying to sell me on it, and, and right. that's why it feels like a Tony Robbins video. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Can I just so, quickly say, okay. I'm yeah, sorry. go ahead, Eric. Go ahead, Eric. I just you brought up something, Dan, and I wanted to just um, just kind of flesh this thing out. It reminds me, and if I can just have a moment of a song that I love, it's called Moody Girl, and it's on the Moody Stand, Girl. <laughs> Staying Alive soundtrack, and it was written by Frank Stallone, and he Moody says, girl. Just walk away, or should I stay with that moody girl? She will try to pull you into her moody world. Think about that. She's down on love, how can you be, and never looks up at all to even smile. It's, it's, there you go. It's, 
it's really why because it really that's that's something to step back and think about right. i think we need to basically i think this is something we should put on our instagram is we should just have frank stallone lyrics this is the end uh, uh, eric eric I, I got if you basically can you make a really beautiful graphic with a frank stallone lyric uh, like yeah. and just and then we will have a martini giant tag on it and we'll just post those on instagram Dude. Like you know, every other day, I think. And the thing is, be, I I, I yeah. got I gotta go to I'm gonna go to back bat, uh, bat for Frank Stallone for a second. Like those are really catchy songs, and he did a very good job. Like I'm still singing this fucking song, and like it's still playing in my head. It's amazing. Like that's like he did. Thanks, a great Dan. Job. That's great. Are, um, this, is, this is true. This is not unentertaining. He did a good job, guaranteed. But what it's saying is fucking wild. <laughs> like that's all those did. Well, really, think, it, think about it. Like that was, that was, that was the status quo that made sense back then. That was, that was the goal in life, especially in the United States. Not, not everywhere in the world was like that, by the way, I just want to point that out as someone in the eighties who actually lived outside of the United States. Mm -hmm. When I would come to visit the United States, I was like, what the fuck is going yeah, on it's here? Like we're having a Reaganism, Reaganism felt like it was evil. Yeah, from like, from the outside, yeah. it felt very evil. Mm -hmm. Like it was all about like fuck the rest of the world. We're the best. You yeah. all suck. Fuck you guys. And we're <laughs> going to kill you. Yeah, That's you what Americans' voices sounded like right. in the '80s to the rest of the world. They did a little bit in the last, you know, last presidency as well. But uh, but but uh, but it was, uh, in fact, much more aggressively in the last presidency than than this one. Well, more uh, aggressively from from like a specific viewpoint, right? Like, right. Whereas the '80s was selfish across the board. Like even yeah. like the like left wing stuff in the '80s was also radically selfish. It was. It was like, indeed. Everybody was in this complete completely like like uh uh they're in there's so much in this self-centered zone that it doesn't really like there's just it's it's just a giant black hole that's hard to escape right yeah. and, black hole. and it's it's really it's really incredible that that society can go through these giant waves and produce the stuff that is like that is like objectively now you look at it and you're like who the fuck would make this? Like, that's right. What is what is this thing? Yeah. You know, and uh, and and, to, and and so like you know, like in comparison, Stand Alive is actually quite you know like uh, uh, genuine uh, compared to some sure. of the stuff that was made. So so uh, uh, anyway, they he take he gets the lead role and they get to do the play. They practice, et cetera, et cetera, and then it's like it's almost twenty minutes of them doing yeah. this play, right? Oh, it's they it's, do. They yeah. virtually do like a full first act of a of a show, uh, right at the end of the movie. It's really and it's all the same shit. Yeah, yeah. It's it all looks terrible. Incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. You will and never the dancing is dance. terrible. Yes. It really is the end. Yeah, and like because it looks apocalyptic in it, in like yeah. uh, like in a, like when you see uh, 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 Tony. Like he's just fucking thrown everything away and he's just dancing on his own. It's like, it's like he is. And there's a lot of like crouching down and shaking your shoulders. Yeah. 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 And doing Which like is, lots of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not even dancing anymore, dude. You're just really, really railed. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. cocaine 10 feet long and then get on stage. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess the point that we're, you know, it's all, like you said, interpretive dance stuff. And the point they're trying to make is that she's in power. She took him over and then 
he breaks away from her and then literally in the play itself pushes her aside and takes a solo yeah like, put, like it's so ridiculous it's like, so like, ridiculous it's awesome like throws her like you hear her go, ah. <laughs> tony what are you doing and she's screaming this like it's so strange what, what is and then he gets up on the platform to go to heaven and then he reaches out to her he says jump like Come wait on. what the fuck is that why would you you just pushed her away why would she <laughs> you know what I mean? like i don't even understand what the hell is going on and then there's like this standing ovation in the audience and i was like what did you guys see the same bullshit that i just saw what the fuck's wrong with you guys oh my god yeah like imagine sitting in the audience for when he is rising up on the column and he's screaming at her going come on come on and everyone's like jump and you're like what kind of fucking show am i watching it was so bad <laughs> it was so bad it's, it's, you know, and somehow it's like whatever. He 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 rises to the top, literally. You know, okay, all right. He's looking out for number one, as Eric says. Right. And uh, and then he. Uh, I wish that he had. That, then he goes and struts, and then we have some close-ups on his crotch, yeah. and that's the end of the movie. I, w- I wish that 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 he they had risen to the top on the on the pedestal out of the stage, and then he just pushed her off on the audience, and the audience was like, ah, and they eat her. That's my son. That's my son. That's my son. It was yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Who knew he danced? I didn't. I didn't know. That. I didn't even know I was at a show. What's happening? I thought he just I got he worked at the paint store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's it's fucking it's unreal. That movie is just like definitely the first half. Like I said, first half is simply dull. Like you're just like I. There's no, there's no dramatic. But, but you know what the first half feels like? The first half feels like a terrible lifetime movie, like yep. matinee thing. Yeah. Right. Like there's, no, like there's, there's no challenges that he is facing at all. There's no personal. None. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like nothing is actually happening, and you have to no. wait till like, like there's trouble with the lead actor. Yeah, and he realizes he's shop. poor because he's living in a, you know, rundown hotel, and he's washing his clothes in the shower. Like it's like you know whatever. Yeah. Yeah, then nothing is no. There's no. There's I was no curious if the guy at the front, where you always ask him for calls. Yeah, it's like anyone calling. That was anyone his calls. father. Mm, that'd be Stallone's father. That'd make it good, seemed yeah. like a, a role to give, like right. you know, a relative. Yeah, right. I think so. Scorsese's mom has set the bar so high that. Wait, I know. What do you do? Yeah, that's that's yeah. The end of that. But yeah, dude, like this movie is so, uh, it's so unique. Uh, that I really think that if Criterion is going to put out a fucking edition of The Rock, why oh, not yeah. Stand Alive? Like, Stand Alive actually is something. You want a, a moment in time in film, Stand Alive deserves to be. I would say that Stand, Stand Alive should be in the Criterion um, discography more so than Saturday Night. Lessons Day. learned. <laughs> like, this is, yes, exactly. Like, like everyone remember. <laughs> well, okay. So there's always been the story of the sequel is not as good as your as the first film, right? Right. But this is to an extreme. Like you totally except missed the Godfather the fucking... Except for yeah, God... yeah, there, yeah, there are no. several exceptions to this. Yeah, there are sequels that are better. Yeah, there are sequels that are better. There's it's definitely sequels rare. that are better, and there's you know like but to first Empire, Empire so Strikes Back is a good one yeah. too. <laughs> Followed by my personal vote for worst of all time, Return of the Jedi is such a it's such a downgrade um right from where you were at like i mean it's just like star wars is here empire strikes back is up here right and then return of the jedi is like 
way down right. here. Right. And then everything else, it's just like, oh, what the fuck? What do we have to correct for this bullshit? Like, right. oh. And you can no read way. the reviews on staying alive. Give me more Ewoks. Oh, shit. They want more Ewoks. Yeah, more oh, more fuck. Yeah, so what are we going to do? We have to do what the audience card says. So here it is. Yep. Um, and so the with this movie, it's like you can see that like it has a zero percent of Rotten Tomatoes from critical reviews, all that kind of stuff. Like, I think it's incorrect to see this as a reviewable thing. I don't think this is a movie. Like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> this is not. This is not something that you can see in any continuity with the previous film, almost at all. Uh, and if you look at it as a ride film then it's the deepest ride film that's ever been made. And it's like, it's a meta commentary that agrees with the original film simply by what you're experiencing is so wrong. Right. You're like, I don't want to be here. This is a terrible idea. And then the devil is sitting next to you like John Candy and playing strings and automobiles going, ha, ah, you're watching Staying Alive. Like, yeah. That's yeah. exactly what's happening. Well, Red, Red Beer, uh, Red Beer uh, told us, is like, the movie isn't good, but it, the fact that the movie is made is a great cautionary tale. Absolutely and you, you're absolutely right. Absolutely true. Yeah, absolutely that, right. And the thing is, because like Stallone's, because I have like, Rocky One is great. Rocky One's a great movie. I love uh, Rocky, Rocky One. Like it's terrific. Rocky Two is a is a very entertaining movie. Um, yeah, but it see... it didn't have the grit that yeah and the, because he the, like he, wins. He, <laughs> he yeah yeah you're not the, the whole point of Rocky and you can't make him keep losing because otherwise it doesn't work. You can't There's make no Rocky Two and have him lose again, right? Yeah. Exactly. But the fact is uh, is like when I watched Rocky One. And I knew about all the Rockies because you know whatever. But I I I thought he won, and I realized, and I watched. It's like, no. oh shit, he lost. He wins on the inside, bro. <laughs> like that's <sighs> that's the import. That's the gag. That's all. That's why the movie's great. That's why the movie's yeah. great. And like Stallone had great, uh, like because he wrote Rocky. He's a great writer. You know, like he's he has legitimate skills, right? Uh, he had the taste. oh, absolutely no, no. The Stallone is a yeah, he does. Person, he's, yeah. he's absolutely yeah. a talented person. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people, you know, especially it, it, that's another problem, right? Back in the eighties, people thought Stallone was a big dumb fuck, an action yeah. hero. He did Rocky. He did uh, uh, Rambo, right, and right, that right. was at the. And he was mocked for his voice and everything else. Right. But he's actually an extraordinarily yeah, talented, very talented person, very smart guy. Very and talented. so, like, and the thing is, like, the only thing that he clearly, at least back then, was struggling with was essentially the difference between because he had the taste to make First Blood, which is a great movie. I love yeah. First Blood. First Blood yes. is fucking terrific, right? Yes. And then the difference between First Blood and Rambo. Rambo. Is the same difference between Saturday Night Fever and, and staying, staying alive? alive. Yes, <laughs> like yeah. exactly but 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 First Blood, uh, but Rambo was a more popular film. Staying Alive was not. It, it would made it Staying made Alive money. clearly it failed. Okay. It, 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 like it made it made money, but it was a critical disaster that ruined Travolta's trajectory. Like it utterly. Did. Yeah, like he was just dead in the water after that. He is. He doesn't have any more hits until, as far as I can remember, up until Pulp Fiction. And it's just like a complete yeah. disaster. You know, that's and pretty like, much it up until yeah. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and because uh, I mean, he, he's in like what, like Perfect and uh, uh, Two of a Kind or whatever. And it's little bit in John, and it's just a bunch of just like, it just gets shittier and shittier right. and shittier until he's just he's just done. And like so, like when he came back with Pulp Fiction, people like, like I remember being distinctly surprised that he wasn't much older in Pulp Fiction. Like, the, it was so long ago when he had a hit that it was part of my deep childhood. And for him mm -hmm. to come back and be like, whatever, 30-something, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, 
I, you, I thought that guy was like 60. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just like there was such a such a, a gap. Well, what? How old was he in reality when he did uh, a Saturday Night Fever? Because he's supposed to be 19 in the film, but he oh, obviously was that. older than that. How old? Right. He was 23. He was 23. Think how incredible that is, though, dude. Honestly, to yep. be, I mean, that age to have that power. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was the biggest fucking star in the world. Him and, and um, Stallone both at that moment was just like you couldn't, you know, like between Rocky and, uh, and Saturday Night Fever, it's like it's unstoppable. Like that, right. the, the amount of goodwill that goes into you both know, of the. And when, when, did, when did Rocky come out? Rocky is, I want to say that's 76. 76. Yeah. Okay. So again, I would say Rocky is another 70s film, right? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Deep, yeah. Deep 70s. Yeah. yeah. Right. And doubt, so, doubt. so, so then Rocky 2 is 80s. And Rocky yeah. 3 is definitely 80s. Yeah. And when, <laughs> so Travolta says that he hired um, uh, Stallone off of Rocky 3, like Rocky 3 is where Rocky turns yeah. into a Fantasia. You know, yeah, no, he like, turns into a he turns into a Marvel character practically. Yeah, he, that's the one where he turns into a fucking superhero. Like he's just right. like, I'm gonna def that's the Russian defeat the Russians. Defeat yes, no, no. Russians. Again, Reaganism at the best. Yeah, and yeah. so like, like kill the Russians. Where he's yeah. entirely dedicated to this absolute fantasy scenario, you know, and like like there's it shows that the like the uh, like the whole like it's like I always talk about this like when the Cohen brothers got up to get their Academy Award for No Country for Old Men. Like their speech was like, thanks, you know, and then they got out of there. Like, because to the Coen brothers, like winning best picture isn't that important. Like, it's nice. But they're, they're educated. Yeah. Stallone is, doesn't have that background. Well, it's just like they, 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 they're coming, they've, they've had the opportunity throughout whatever means to realize that what they really like is making movies. Right. They, like, it isn't winning the award and feeling like now I really showed them. You know, or like I finally people, you know, it's the Sally Field, like, oh, you like me. You really like me. Like, that's a sad tale when someone gets up there and they're and like they've been looking for this fucking validation their whole life. And they think that getting a gold statue is going to do it. Right. And it doesn't. And it, and, it, and it breaks their heart because after that, what do you got? And so like with Stallone, like he gets all the props for Rocky. And how do you beat that? Like you gotta, you fucking, can't. Yeah, you have to, you have to turn it up a notch and become become even more of this reduced form of how you're perceived, uh, and uh, and it becomes a, a cartoon, you know, and it becomes this like goofy, unlikable experience. And the same thing was happening for staying alive. It just happened all at once. Like the transformation is just like incredibly, uh, uh, like intense and singular and it just, they came out with this thing and everyone's like, eh, that's enough Saturday night fever. That's enough. <laughs> like, but at that, that stage, fun. they've made so much money. Yeah. Sure. It's like, why not? Yeah. Screw it. Yeah. I know it. But he, like, I, cause I mean, Stallone went on to, you know, continue with reasonable success through the eighties, but Travolta did not. And Travolta said like he was, uh, Stallone was his favorite director to work with, you know, and like, it's... I can imagine them like agreeing completely on what was being said in stand alive. Like they're just like they're sharing stories about how hard. Again, it was. I think that that's the that was the thing. Both their right? egos at the same time. Yeah, yeah. They, they they were like, "Hey, we're awesome!" Just like the two of them meeting up on the street, you know, like you right. mentioned before. They and there was a the, or or the guy that like you know, 
the the meaning of success is that 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 mansion with the five car garage yeah. and all the sports cars in it right. that was that was the symbol of success that was the goal that was the gold ring of the of the of the merry go that's how you win at life yeah is yeah. having a, a a ferrari testarossa in your garage yeah that's and, and, you know that's what it was and that but is i dare say they disappointed i know but those guys came from nothing and they oh, really yeah the american dream that's the american dream well that's the thing is like i don't mean anything against stallone or uh travolta in this like i can imagine them on the set talking about this going like we have both gone through this together you know independently the same story you know right. like it was really hard we had we had to struggle to survive to get to where we are and these are real things that you say to one another like it's just that their viewpoint had become so narrowed that there was they weren't communicating anything else like there's nothing there's no they're not have they don't have the same lens of honesty which with, with which they were delivering things formerly like they're only seeing i want to tell people that i have arrived you know and that i have made this realization of of how you should be and look at this and look at this you know look at look at not just look at me but look at my philosophy which is like staying alive is basically a philosophy movie of like you know the lyrics that you're quoting are very earnest like that's right. what these guys believe and yep. the fact that it's uh, that there is no challenge in the movie to any of this is the problem of the film. Like it's not, a, it's not. There's no character story. There's no story there at all. It's just making a statement of belief in a, in a concept. And so it, it falls the same way that like when you watch when it's, it's like fucking Ayn Rand stuff, where you're just like, you know, like you know, if you want to, if you want a good laugh, watch the uh, uh, the movie they the, the movies they made of Atlas Shrugged, where it's like. They made these three movies out of Atlas Shrugged, and as they go, like they're so bad, they make less money. So the next movie has even less money to work with. And the whole idea is to talk about how, you know, if you're really good, you'll be successful and everyone right. will love you. And like their own audience is like, just please stop making these, <laughs> you know. And so just making movies of like sincere belief in this in this truism. Is not making a movie anymore. Now, let me ask you this yeah. real quick before that. Because they slowly failed and they had less money for each movie, mm -hmm. is that actually ironic or is it proof that if you do something shitty, you will fail? Yeah, like they, <laughs> they fell on their own sword, right? Like, this is pretty okay. hysterical. Like, like this, like, I also think it's ironic in that, like, I think that that story is like the thing is, like, I. Uh, I'm not like I'm not gonna fight anybody over Atlas Shrugged. If you like Atlas Shrugged, you like Atlas Shrugged. That's fine. If that's why you believe the world works, that sounds great. You can make a good movie out of it, even if I don't. Even if I think the idea doesn't work in actuality, right? You can make a good movie out of it, like for sure, right? Like there's like there's plenty like fucking there's plenty of movies like that are uh, like Conan the Barbarian is an incredibly entertaining, very. Uh, no, like fascist film. Lowbrow. Yeah, it is also. a fa it's a it's a fascist idea. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know, and it's like it's tremendously entertaining. Die Hard has all sorts of fucking issues. Like, oh yeah, Die Hard is extremely Reaganistic. It's it's super <laughs> Reaganistic. It has all sorts of like unconscious statements against women and all sorts of other things that like and like, racism like, and racism. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I've talked about this before. There's no surprise to anybody. But like, here's greatest. Now I'm just saying, like, I love Die Hard. Die Hard's great. Die Hard says yeah, very entertaining, like, very enter hugely entertaining movie. Seen it a thousand times, quote all the time. 
Um, brilliantly made. Um, it tells me that I should be afraid of smart black people and folksy kind of dumb black people are very helpful. That's one of the lessons. It mm -hmm. tells me that women are only useful if they remain generic, like Holly Gennaro, his wife. Uh, and she takes his name back and becomes an identity again. And everybody who's from Europe is probably um, untrustworthy. And also probably gay, probably too. gay, which is obviously bad. So like right. these are the things that you lean that that like subconsciously come across in Die Hard that mm -hmm. obviously I disagree with. But if you ask me if Die Hard's good, holy shit, that's a good movie. Like, yeah, you can make right. a movie from a different point of view like that. And I, I'm going to be on board if you make a good movie. But right. the problem with this movie is they didn't make a movie. Right. <laughs> no, like, it was a business no, deal. No it was a business here. deal. Yes. And that's why it took so long to come to screen. When it gets to that point, you just walk away. Right. Like, it's like there's, there's nothing that is actually being challenged here at all. And that's the rudimentary thing you have to do with the movie. You know, it's just like, it's like what I, like the way I always describe it is like, there's basically the, if you're going to break it down to like, there's two stories, right? There's basically two stories, a character who changes or a character who refuses to change. Yeah. And if you're not doing either one of those, you're not making a thing. Nothing is happening. Like I'm, there's nothing else interesting going on. And that's what happens in this. It's like John Travolta doesn't actually change. There's no story. Nothing happens. He is just proven to be correct. And we have to catch up with him, and that's a drag. That's not. That's not. A, that's not a positive experience. That's that is a depressing experience. Luckily, it's a very, very funny, depressing experience. And by the time you're, like, by the time he's in hell on stage, we are also in hell, and that is very ironic. <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up soon, if that's okay mm -hmm. with everyone. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it on the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on our Twitch stream. Uh, if you are listening to this uh, after you know we record him, we highly recommend you guys enjoy the Twitch stream if you can. I know sometimes the hours don't always work out, but always fun to see you on Twitch. We also have great uh, contributions. Thank you to all of the great contributors in our chat, including Alan yes, and Redbeer and, and Dave. Uh, really great. Uh, and it's it's fun to do that. And I'm going to remind you guys, obviously, if you want to help support uh Martini Giant, it's always good to subscribe to us uh, and to give us, uh, you know, that that helps uh, our Twitch as well and helps us pay for pay our bills, as they say. Um, but uh, and as well as uh, get great mugs. And I'm still trying to get Eric. If you can create a tears in the rain bath mat, that would I'll be, do it tonight. I'll do it tonight. Be, that would be the best. Seriously, the best folks, definitely go to Threadless Martini Giant. I'll it's, do it tonight. Do yeah. Great material. Also, because we do these things that we do watch parties uh, every a couple of weeks um, where you can join us and watch movies uh, together with us. Uh, if you have Prime and Twitch and they're linked, you can come and join us. And yep. we make fun of the movie as we watch it. You can send us suggestions for those movies. If they're movies you don't mind us talking through, whether they're good or really, really dumb. Uh, but they have to be from Prime. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, uh, it has happened in the past, Eric has created a uh, limited edition uh, watch party bit of merch that you can get on our Threadless store. And right. uh, that's inspired from what is happening in the chat. So please come along and join us for that ride. Yeah. And uh, we do like to, like, we get quotes from people in chat and we try to figure there's out, some, you know, how to turn those into merch, which yeah. is hilarious. So uh, <laughs> being part, being part of that and being, uh, getting, you know, a mug put out based on a quote that you put in chat is 
quite fun. Right uh, I do. I do want to note that next week uh, is my attempt number two at uh, fly fishing for sharks. Um, so I will. <laughs> we are. Uh, I am not going to have a. Um, it sounds like that. That's a metaphor for something else, and I don't know. Sounds like a Spalding Gray thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't think we're going to be able to do it. In fact, I don't know if the next two Saturdays we'll be able to do it. So, uh, we may have to. Uh, but we have plenty of uh, material in the can. By the way, yeah, we'll um, still be coming out. Still be coming out. Yes. But in terms of the actual Twitch uh, stream, uh, the next two weeks we may actually be off. If yes. that's okay with you guys, and I'm sorry about that. Use that time to look through the Prime catalog and find some really shitty movies for us. Definitely find some Prime. <laughs> I really think we should do true stories uh, for our next actual time. episode, I love it. and so maybe that's going to be like that. That should be uh, mandated on there as well. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, this I am. I have been waiting to do Saturday Night Fever since we began this podcast because it is truly one of my favorite films, and I couldn't wait to talk about it with Eric and Dan because they I've always had such high respect for for them on their thoughts on this. So I'm really glad we got through this. Terrific and Staying job. Alive nice. was a was very great. interesting pairing to say <laughs> like, I was initially <laughs> against it. I was like, I don't want to go through that again. And now it's actually, I'm, I'm it's, so happy. I'm glad <laughs> so we did it. I'm glad we did it. I think it, it was it. my... Was that my idea? Yeah, it was your yes. idea. I was, I was like, geez, please don't don't make me do it. But now that yeah. I've done it, I feel great on the this end. This is I the end. end. <laughs> da, 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 da. We're right back to the beginning. Exactly. This is the end. Is it? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Keep on dancing. See, no, I, 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 yeah, if we just have a cut of Apocalypse now that starts wow. with that song, Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so much of those guitar slant dive bombs. Wow. I was like, oh, oh God, God, you're killing me, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is so good. And I love that because I was going to say, I think that what they really should do is they could take these songs just as is, re-release this as an opera because the songs themselves basically describe exactly what is going on in the sequences. Like, right. I can't believe she's do doing you dirty like that. John Travolta. <laughs> Careful when you cross the street for the cab. Look up in the sky. And our free frame. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Say hi to Stallone and keep on walking. <laughs> Hold on, we're going to get a close-up of your crotch. <laughs> they absolutely Look at the package. Yeah, it's amazing. It's uh, really amazing. So yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was a really that was a great time. And thank you to chat. Please make sure that you tweet at us at uh, 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 Martini uh, Martini. What is it? Martini, Martini Giant. Giant. Martini yep. Giant at Martini Giant and uh, on Instagram is um, Martini underscore Giant. Yeah. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook uh, for longer form stuff, which is Facebook backslash Martini Giant. Mm -hmm. um, and you can mail us at podcast at, at martinigiant.com. And if you guys want to follow us on Twitch, uh, so you make sure that you are notified when we start our streams. Uh, it is uh, martini underscore giant. So just go to twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. It's Thank you so much, everyone. Really appreciate you being on the chat. That was a good show. It's a great <laughs> show. It's a great show. Uh, keep going. Go ahead. Keep going. No, no. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Go, 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 go. No. Uh, just keep going. Uh, yeah. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> drink. Talk. Drink. Right. Good night, guys. <laughs> drink, don't drink. Meow. <laughs> <laughs>